I was just about to go there. We're not going to disturb you. Professional tonight, Mads. Let's let's keep it short. Lot Mm. lot to go through. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Playthrough Podcast. Just turn this porno video off here and come to please start. Sorry. (laughs) It's not called porn. It's it's, it's Jav, I think. That's the term. I think it's... I've got the UB videos up on my screen. (sighs) I've just muted mine. They're just running just in the background. Lowering the tone already. <laughs> My name's Jim Middleton. That was Chris Worthington. <laughs> I'm also here with Mads Christensen. Hello. Adadi Gilmore. Hello. 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 Ah, they completely lost my train of thought now. Um, <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, it's the idea. It's episode fifty-nine and uh, part three, I think, of our uh, Yakuza Kiwami playthrough, not Vanquish. Um, so episode fifty-nine, part three. Are we are we dividing the episodes into parts now? Is that that's it? No, part three of our <laughs> game playthrough. What? Yeah, I know, game? I know, mate. I'm just trying to put you off here, and it's working. Yakuza <laughs> Kiwami, Chris. Come on. <sighs> it's been, going well. This. Yeah, yeah. It's been a busy week, though, hasn't it? As well, we've had PlayStation showcases. The uh, the Amico lives. I d- did anyone else know there was a PlayStation <laughs> showcase this week? No, I did. Yeah, but I knew I was working, so I didn't bother to. I, had I didn't no bother idea. to tell anybody. I'm sorry about that. I kept it to myself. Yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty. It was reasonably well publicised. I think. Well, okay. There we are. I mean, it's I have, on all the I have, usual channels and communications. Yeah. Yeah, I have been dodging Twitter a little bit, just trying to avoid like Zelda spoilers. So maybe mm. I've just missed it there. I don't know, but yeah, I woke up uh, and and saw that. We've got a new PlayStation handheld confirmed. The, the ma- Wait, what do we think of that? I'm interested. What do you? Uh, what do we think of that, Jim? It's. Pre- I saw a good comparison actually. It's pretty much PlayStation's version of the Wii U, isn't it? Yes. So, like, maybe maybe the next one will be like the Switch. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> and it won't need to stream. Like, I just thought it was like it's like the Vita without the native games. Pretty much, yeah. And a bigger screen, yeah. But it? so it needs a permanently on connection with your PS5 console, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And are there limitations on how it can achieve that, or over Wi-Fi? Right. Streams, streams the PS5 so, over so Wi-Fi. Who's this for? I mean, it, it, I don't it, know. it baffles me. Yeah, see, I've I have tried the um, the 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 streaming on the PlayStation to the iPad and it does work surprisingly well, but that I was, I was still in the house. So Mm. I haven't tried it over the Wi-Fi. So I think then you just have a native connection to the PlayStation. Yeah. And that, and that did work surprisingly well. You'd have to be in the house though, right? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah, That was, that was kind of what I was getting at with my question is that you have to be in the seat. You can't like, you couldn't take that off to a hotel, for example. I don't think so. No, it's not able to, connect so, so a portable that's not really portable that's and that's where the wii here. u comparison comes in isn't exactly it? Yeah. yeah yeah there was a couple of guys in the discord group though that were saying that maybe where it might be useful but it'd be hard to justify the price given probably what it will actually cost but it might be the case whereby if you've got the ps5 console in your main room and it's a family room etc for guys in our situations i guess where you might have yeah. kids or family or other halves whatever it might be that has got the main tv on the go and restricts you from getting your hours in if you can then maybe connect to that connect through to it that way and sit on the sofa or go next door mm. and play it without actually having to take the console physically next door with you then 
maybe, but I mean, that's not a particularly mass market item, I wouldn't suggest. No. But like, if I'm playing a PS5 game and I'm playing something like Horizon or I'm playing a God of War, like, I want to play that game as it was intended. I want to play it on a 4K screen with HDR visuals. I want the whole... I want the whole experience. Like and even if they even if they the screen is as good as the Switch OLED, which it might be, you're never gonna it's never gonna be the same. It's never gonna be a 4K display. Like it's gonna look inferior. Oh, man, I, yeah, I don't know, I feel like I'm missing the point with this. But then you've played a couple of uh, bigger games on your Steam Deck, haven't you? Yeah, so I've played games like I've played games. So the most recent, the most modern game I've played on the Steam Deck was um, Fallen Order, mm. and, and to be and to be honest, I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, and that that looked good. And I was playing it on less than optimum settings for, on the PC version um, because obviously the Steam Deck you didn't need to tone down the settings. But it, yeah, it still looked really good. But that's a last gen game, so yeah. I didn't really feel like I was missing out too much on the super duper. I knew it was a bit of a downgrade from what I could get on the Series X or whatever, uh, or playing it on a desktop PC. I knew that, but it wasn't like playing a Horizon Forbidden West, you know, the the Burning Shores, which is getting all these plaudits. It wasn't like that, and then you're sort of going down to a to a lesser version. I don't know. It just I don't really get it. I think given also that how. <laughs> predisposed we are to pre-ordering anything and everything that comes along it's fairly telling that certainly i've got no intention of picking one up not i'm not remotely no, interested in it and no. we are generally people that are fairly hardcore when it comes out we tend not to need too many excuses to get our pre-orders in yeah no. i think for me i'll be um i'll be pre-ordering or no, sorry pre-ordering i'll be purchasing a psvr2 before I before I buy that, yeah. well, the, mm. it's interesting. This was my only other concern. Is that don't get me wrong. It's not exactly like there's some little tin pot industry, but it does again. Just you know, the PSVR two is only just on the market, and you wonder mm. how much focus and how much resources is taken away from that to put into this instead. Um, I think from this. There were two things that came out of it. I, I didn't actually see it, unfortunately. So I was just—I'm just going off the headlines here. But I think two things that came out. One positive, one less. So I guess was that, as I understand it, the actual physical unit sales of the PSVR two are actually pretty decent. I think it was up at yeah. about six hundred thousand units within the first few months. If my numbers better than ex- better than expected, I think. Yeah, yeah. which is great. Well but the flip side to that was like there wasn't a whole lot in that presentation. For there was no big reveal for the anything to get remotely excited about about com- that's coming up anytime soon i thought it was a real i i thought this I mean, would be the one that, you know it's been out long enough now that you would think anything that they're working on that they would at least have something either by way of sort of a teaser trailer or something much further in development you know the real kind yeah. of showstopper ip that's going to come along and it was, a, it was a real damp squib on the PSVR too. I mean, even if you read the the news articles on any of the websites and it kind of says, you know, here's a roundup of everything that happened, there was literally just a brief mention of the PSVR 2 stuff at the bottom of all the other stuff that was made, announcements-wise. I mean, the Resi 4 announcement, which probably wasn't a massive surprise, the Resi 4 VR, because mm. I think we all expected that would that would come at some point. Um 
yeah, and the and the Beat Saber Shadow Drop again, you know, pretty effective. We all again, we all knew that was coming. That had been announced, and it's a PSVR game, I know, but it's been noticeably absent from PSVR two since its launch. So, you know, that was pretty. Sweet. But I do agree, Andy, and I think this was the problem with PSVR one, was that it did seem to get relegated to a footnote in Sony's PR pretty quickly. And I, like you, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't almost lead off with yeah. with something. Yeah. You know, yeah, give it one big reveal for it. Yeah, that's it. Keep the you know keep the momentum or build the momentum either or. But um, yeah, like a big first party kind of in house yeah, game even, coming for like, it. Yeah, like a yeah, a hot get Half Life Alex on there and. I mean that's the dream yeah, for everyone. Astro another Astrobot game. That I'm mean, like something like that would have been huge. Imagine yeah. if they just launched into it with a. You know, an Astrobot reveal or something yeah. like that it would have been massive. Some equivalent of a AAA for the PSVR 2, great. Then it's kind of, you know, puts me at ease that they are still, you know, very much committed to it and it gives you something to look forward to for it as well. Um, it is a worry. But uh, I, I guess maybe that <laughs> a lot of that was um, saved and said for something that I'm no doubt that Madge was thrilled to bits to see both a remake and a remaster of the same game. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid collection. Yes. Wonderful. Metal Gear Solid Triangle. Yeah. Ne- what, what is that? Never one mind about? one or the other. Let's do both. Let's give Mads two <laughs> extra versions to buy. Beautiful. Beautiful. They've been doing their market research. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, there was, there was I was chatting in a, in another group. I won't say which one. Um, but I was chatting in another group with with a bunch of guys yesterday and they, and they were all saying that they were really hoping to see a Bloodborne remaster. Or a remake of Bloodborne. What? Can we just know <laughs> like, that that's 11 minutes, 20 <laughs> And it was Chris, yeah. <laughs> and it was Chris. Yeah, no, this one was me. But, like, this, like, what? Like, this game is, like, six years old and it still looks pretty amazing by the screenshots. I've never actually played the thing. But I, there is a... And it, but it did remind me that there is a clamour for these... Remakes or remasters of games that are yeah. practically modern games. Yeah, I just don't really. That still you know, run I'm, on I'm, the current system as both current systems exactly. as well. Yeah, like I can see the Metal Gear Solid Three remake. I think it's actually probably a good idea. You know, because that's a game that hasn't really aged very well. I believe. Uh, yeah, and it's a PS2 game, and although it did get a PS3 release. Not a bad idea, but yeah, bringing it out alongside their remaster of the same game. Yeah, in a, yeah, in a separate collection. But it, it could be, it could be phenomenal. I, I think that it's got the potential that one if they do it well. I mean, just even going off what the Phantom Pain was like on the PS4, that's still one of my all-time favorite games. So if they do this yeah. well, it could be something pretty special, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. That is good. You know, I wonder if. Sorry, Jim. I'll, no, no. You, I'll jump in now. But I just wonder if, because obviously Kojima's no longer involved, you wonder if it's a bit of a kind of safe audition for the team that are going to be doing it to say, like, right, go on, guys. You know, you've got an audience here. Go make this remaster. Let's see how you get on with it. And if all goes well, you're on Metal Gear Solid 6. Yeah, possibly, yeah. 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 But then it's... If they if they screw it up, then then the franchise is really dead, isn't it? I mean, what yeah. was the yeah, last one was gonna, that it's, it's multiplayer gonna... game, wasn't it? Where it, I don't know, like I don't know what they were doing. The, you know, the one where the, all the characters had like penises instead of heads or something. It was just 
it was just bizarre. I don't know what they were doing with us. Sounds like walking around Tunbridge. <laughs> <laughs> but but don't you like it? Does it? It's going to make its money though, isn't it? Because even if it it it's going to sell enough that. They're not going to make a loss on this. There's going to be enough people will buy it, yeah. whether it's good, bad. There's enough. Yeah, people are clamouring, aren't they, for a Metal Gear, a new Metal Gear, or even just a remake, anything. Yeah. yeah. So it's fairly safe to let these guys go and have a go at it. Yeah. And see how they get on. Yeah. It'll be nice to see if hopefully it does well and they bring um, Guns of the Patriots, so Metal Gear Four. Hopefully that gets because that's only that's sort of stuck on PS3, isn't it, at the moment. And that was, yeah. that was such a good game. That was I really enjoyed that. So, what is the story behind that? Is there some issue with the source code, and them? What is the reason why they haven't been able to ever do anything else with that? There was a news line or a head a news article that I saw a headline that was talking about that game and why it might not ever make it to modern consoles. Is there a reason for that? Oh, I don't know. I've not read not no, read that know. article. I just, no. Assumed it was the PS3 was so powerful it, it couldn't be brought to any other any other console. <laughs> no, I, no. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, pass. Possibly something to do with Kojima and his departure maybe, or something. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But it's a great game, and it doesn't deserve to sort of be left behind on on a PS3. For that's for sure. I think anyway. Do you know what the uh, showcase did give us? Though some great ideas, possibly for us next season. You know, the likes of Alan Wake. Yes. We've talked about that before. That's getting a sequel. Dragon's Dogma. Yep. Would be mm-hmm. would be a great one for us to cover. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. I've still not played Miles all Morales. Possible. The first one was really yeah. good. Really, really good. They're all possibilities for us to cover for games that are getting sequels within yeah. the next few months. So Alan Wake could be fun to discuss on this show, yeah. actually. And it's yeah, uh, yeah, episodic, yeah. so I think there were five episodes in the original game, so they, they, it would uh, lend itself perfectly to our format. Yeah, I never played it. Was it Remedy? It was Remedy, wasn't it? I forget who made it. I remember playing it on the th- Xbox 360 back in the day, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That's where I've got yeah. it. Yeah, I've got Beauty it of a game. I, I really, really loved it. And I'm a huge, or used to be a huge fan of uh, Stephen King. Read all of those when I was a teenager. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of a Stephen King story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always wanted to play it, never got round it's, to it. It's another, for me, it's another one of those ones that I put about three or four hours in and then got distracted by something else. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed those that, those sort of three or four hours that I did play. Yeah, I had it on a short list for a pick a while back, but then I, I think I, I think I knew that you'd played it mad, so I didn't. I thought there's plenty of other I'll games that we've, played again. That, we've, no that we've yet to play, but it, I know it is meant to be very good. I think mm. back in the early days when we were sort of maybe a wee bit more less imagination in terms of um, the picks we were going for, the ones that we knew that worked, as you say, for the that reason with being episodic and mm. a few sort of branching paths and narratives. I thought it would have been yeah. a perfect fit for the for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walk Allen. Gives, gives us plenty of food for thought, doesn't it, I think? Yeah. I think our list of possible candidate games is already, I mean, long enough to, to last us <laughs> the next 10, 12 years, so we're good yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> we got enough for the next couple of seasons, at least, that oh, way, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I was actually looking at that and I'm thinking of adding to it. And then I realised I've picked my next season's game. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, you've, got, you've got plenty of time to think about your next one. You, you haven't no picked worry. your game, Jim. Somebody picked it for you. <laughs> well, he yeah. walked into it, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he picked did. it himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. What? Uh, what? Who's, so, have we been playing much older? 
So I, I've been playing an open world, a beautiful open world game full of vibrant locations, very gameplay, brilliant music. It's called Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> ah. What a game. I, you know, like, I, I, every time I play an Assassin's Creed game, I feel completely and totally targeted. Like, it's almost as if they're made for me. What are you going to say, Andy? Assassin's Creed, so three is the Civil War era one. Is that right? Yeah, the American Independence. Yeah. Cool. That kind of, yeah, era. I just, man, I just, like, I can see its flaws. I can see why lots of people don't like it. I can see that there's some of the gameplay hasn't aged well. But there is just something about those games that, like, <laughs> sink their teeth into my neck and refuse to let go. Mm. I just get so enraptured by them. Like, I love wandering around and getting a little thing, such and such has been added to your Animus database, and it's like Charles Lee, and then I'll be on Google, who was he? You know, I just I'm such a nerd. I just absolutely love it. That's great, though, and the anyway, gameplay game makes you do that yeah. and, and yeah. go and see it's that just a great little out. loop to it yeah. all isn't it and there's just there's enough variation that whatever you feel like doing at that point whether it's exploration or combat or whatever it might be is that you can just go and do that exact thing without having to spend too much time doing so and there's so much to do in that game like there is like the amount of systems and mission varieties like if you if, ignore the story like I'd spent a couple of hours last night just playing naval combat missions which I think is then what they built upon and then made uh, a colourful game out of it with, with Black Flag. Yeah. But So I think it's not as refined as that, but I'd spent two and a half hours trying to 100% these six or seven naval combat missions and then... Does it look felt... good, the game? Does it run well? I was, I'm playing it on the PS3, so I'm not... There's a remaster, but I'm yeah. playing the, the original version. Yeah, it does, it does look good. I mean, it, it's a really late PS3 game or relatively late PS3 game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it came out in 2012, this one. So the PS4 came out in 2013, didn't it? Yeah. Was that one uh, that was in that weird sort of era where they brought games to the new, to, to like the... No. It didn't, it never came to like the the PS4 then. No, so that was the next year. So so 2013's edition, Black Flag, that got a kind of September, October release on the PS3 360. And then got a... It was a launch game for the PS3 a couple Uh, of months later. Um, But the music, Lorne Balfe does the soundtrack, and the music's absolutely brilliant. And I think it looks stunning... It has load typical of that era, like loads of popping though. You know, you're running along and all of a sudden like trees will just pop in and <laughs> characters will pop in and then pop out again and uh but I don't know. I just I feel I said to Jen last night, my wife Jen, I said like yeah, it's like when you, you you experience something you just think it's almost like they kind of looked at the things that I like and wrote it for me. Yeah. That's when I play Assassin's Creed games, that is exactly how I feel. And uh, it's the point where I just got stupidly giddily excited when I seen the trailer for the new one uh, on on the uh, showcase last night. So they they there was an, a a big trailer for Mirage. Yes, what, Even what did though, you think to that? I mean, it looked. I mean, I'm looking at this classic. having never played an Assassin's Creed game, but it looked. Are they? Is it a reboot? Are they? Take, is it? 
I don't know. Well, it's definitely a back to its roots yeah, yeah. kind of game by the looks of it, yeah. because a lot of that stuff, you know, the the, the um, leap of faiths and all that were all in the trailer. They did say it was going to be a back to the root style game after the sprawling syndicate and uh, sorry origins and um, there was two of them that were kind of where they really did kind of go for it and made it almost like an action RPG. Mm. They did say that this was going back to be a more contained, smaller experience. Uh, It'll be many. I, I suspect I'll never get to it because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm playing these games in order, and I'm already eyeing up a couple of the, uh, the, the, the spin-offs. Liberation on the Vita looks absolutely stunning as well. Um, so I'll never get there. I mean, I'll probably throw fifty hours at Assassin's Creed Three and then not play another one for a couple of years. But my God, do I enjoy them? Yeah, I, I, I did say. Let me know when you get to Black Flag because that that looks an interesting. Do. One, I definitely like to yeah, give that yeah. a go. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll be yeah, very much enjoying that. Nice, Mads. So I haven't been playing anything but Yakuza and just a tiny bit of Goblins Five. I haven't had any game time really. So uh, and I haven't been playing any Zelda because my daughter has been playing it constantly. <laughs> so whenever I have game time, she has game time and she's playing it on the Switch. And yeah, next week she's going for a holiday and she's away for a week and she's bringing Zelda, of course. So yeah. <laughs> No Tears of the Kingdom for me. I've only played the first 20 minutes, and it, it looks wonderful. And she's loving it, by the way, so it's really good. How many hours did she put into now, Mads? A lot. Yeah, yeah. She's only got, like, one of the boss fights down by now, so she's done okay. lots and lots of side quests and exploring, and she loves that. So. Yeah, but still enjoying it as are much they divi- after they- that time, Mads. Yeah. Yeah. Are they divine beasts again, Mads? I don't know. I don't want to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing little uh, little clips pop up now and again on my time feed of of things that people have constructed using various mechanics in the game and oh my word it just, I, I, yeah. just, I just scroll straight past them though because yeah, I, 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 want, yeah, I want to discover these things for myself I don't, yeah, want, I don't yeah, want somebody yeah, so, else's yeah. idea mm. yeah but, but I, I may end up actually buying yet another copy because it's going to be another 200 hours of playing before she's done with that game so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well I want a handheld game to play alongside Horizon, but I'm not. I mm. promised myself I'm not playing Zelda because I don't want to be comparing Horizon to it. So I'm, I'm mm. thinking, okay. I'm thinking um, Final Fantasy VI, the pixel remaster. Oh, nice! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That one of the my favourite games of all time. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, hopefully a, a physical copy of that coming soon. I ended up I buckled and ordered it off PlayAsia while they had that pre-order window. So I think I'm in the second or third production run i think which is due to come out i think the end of this month the start of next i think good man. I, thought, I thought that'd be a good one yeah. to have it's um yeah it's, it's it wasn't the cheapest game to buy physically but it's still a lot of if you look at it from a kind of cost versus the hours you can spend playing yeah. it then it's not a bad return and yeah. you know i yeah. get as many things once it's gone it's gone probably so that was how i justified it to myself it didn't take long <laughs> history lesson in a box for you as well there. yeah all that good it? stuff yeah 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 all yeah. these things cool what else you been up to Andy? what have you been playing Jim oh what um, Yakuza really just yeah Yakuza and I bought um, an arcade game for the Switch called Murtop which is a modern oh I've seen that you've seen that on your profile on Switch I was doing it stalking you and seeing that <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's I've not put much time into it maybe a couple of hours something like that but it's basically like a cross between sort of Dig Dug, uh, Mr. Do, that sort of 
sort of maze mm. sort of game and Bomberman. Okay. Yeah. So far, so good. Absolutely nails, though. Really tough. How did you hear of this? Again, just popping up on on Twitter, some of the people that I follow, and uh, and it was also it came up on the eShop. So okay. the games that are coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, it was in there. Mm-hmm. But it's by the same publishers that brought out the Donut Dodo and Galacticon. Oh, okay. So yeah. maybe there's something in an algorithm that's that, that's picked up, picked up there. Yeah. Yeah. What you like next to that um, not safe for work game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, just scroll past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not, not too much. But I've got a bit of free time coming up this weekend. A bit of holiday leave, holiday leave, whatever you want to call it. So I'm hoping. To get back and finish Panzer Dragoon Auto. Mm. Get that nice. get that finished. Yeah. Well worth it. Well worth your time, that one. Yeah, definitely. Andy, what have you been up to? Yeah, you, similar yeah, thank similar to you guys, I guess. We had a fairly quick turnaround at this time between episodes of primarily focusing on Yakuza. There's been a little bit of limited playtime this past week, so that's been the large or the where the majority of the time's going. I haven't had any time to play Zelda since we last recorded so I will hopefully maybe get on to that in the next few evenings uh, because I have been itching to get back to it I felt like I was just kind of settling into it um, when I last uh, when I last stopped playing so um, I'm really keen to get back into it um, the other one was just it was more just kind of a pick up and play and it was really just as a kind of a, my own little one man protest I guess in support of the PSVR 2 I was just thinking to myself I haven't actually for all I complain about maybe the lack of reveals and upcoming games I was thinking I'm actually quite guilty of not playing it very much recently so I thought I'll sit down and play something and it just coincided with um I'll get my weekly plug-in for um Simon Parkins my perfect console podcast but there was um oh, I've been listening to the recent one with uh, Kelsey Lewin oh I haven't yet I haven't listened to that yet very good forward to very that. Good. ah cool yeah yeah I bet she's really interesting so it's um that will be my commute tomorrow but this one was uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi um, oh yeah uh, fascinating guy um, yeah really kind of really hard to nail down what I guess sort of a a visionary effectively kind of during the this I write kind of I think uh, what what a, a life and what a, what access he might have he must have had in terms of the uh, you know he was kind of involved right in the Sega's arcade Haiti really yeah. and uh, very very interesting podcast but it was off the back of that loud he, he was talking a lot about uh, Res and uh, Res Infinite so straight off mm. the back of that podcast I came on and ended up downloading it I, I, I'd never played it before so I just got it on the PSVR 2 there and really enjoyed it actually so I've been I've, yeah. I've not put a huge amount of time in just a I guess a couple of hours enough to sort of get comfortable with how it works but it's, it's got quite an addictive loop but great music to it as well but um, yeah the there was there was part of me that was really kind of enjoying the experience but then there was the other part of me that was thinking you know this is a very expensive piece of kit i've bought to play um quite an old game on <laughs> and it would be uh although the way obviously sort of the the graphical style of it does lend itself very well to it and it does look really sort of super sharp and crisp whilst mm. you're playing it and very very yeah. smooth but um at the same time it's um you know it's not exactly it's not exactly testing the system have you tried Tetris Effect, mate? No, I, I'm again. Is it? I, this is the. This is the, my other gripe that I have with the PSVR two is that now, if I have that as a physical, because not all of the games that were on the PSVR one 
No. There's not an option to do a cheap upgrade with a lot of them, is there? Yeah. And I, th- I think I don't, they're selling I don't this. I think, on I, think, that one. I think with this one, I, I checked it and I think it, I think it made me find a website that was, had all the games that you could get either free upgrades or pay like a small. And I don't think this was one of them. And I think it's like, I don't think this It's like 35 quid or something, I think. 35 quid. Yeah. I was just looking at it just before. Yeah. So I played it on PSVR. Yeah. It never get very far. No, but, likewise. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm one not. that I'm really, really keen to play more of. And yeah. But I just object to the fact that, you know, I've, I bought it not that long ago. I've got a physical uh, copy, I but I I can't use it, and it'd be different. You know, even if it was somewhere around sort of ten, even fifteen pounds, I could probably justify just it to, to myself. give like an but, upgrade. Yeah, yeah. but thirty five pounds. I mean, that's the price of a you know a full new current release, basically. So um, yeah. I'll see. I, it's a tough sell. I, I dare say there'll be a sale on. There'll be some sort of event at some point, and they're going to have to. You know, if, I guess if the. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's, you know, in, in, in if there's not going to be many more games coming anytime soon, then they might have to start trying to kind of incentivize what what's currently available. Um, so I'll pick up at some point, but I, it, it, that is one that really does interest me. But um, sadly, I just don't have access, or I'm not willing to pay what it costs to have access to it at the moment. So I've just googled it, and apparently there is an upgrade for this is American, so ten dollars. But if there is, I haven't seen it because when I when I look at it on the PSN store, it says it's 35 quid for me. That's what I saw as well. So how does that work? Would that be the case? Would I need to put my physical PS4 disc into the PS5, which would then recognise it? Try it. Um, yeah, try it. Because I don't have my PS4 I mean, I, connected it... anymore. So I guess, you know, that's, uh, there's quite a lot of games. That obviously, if it's linked to your account, it knows that you already have them or own them, and it gives you the option yeah. right away. But I didn't get that, so I'll I'll experiment with that for the next time because if that's fine, if it's a, you know if it's if it's you know ten quid there or thereabouts, as I just said, then I would be that's acceptable. Yeah. That's acceptable enough. Yeah, because that's Tetsuya Mizuguchi, isn't it as well? Well, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I miss. Yeah, I'm, sure. It is. Yeah, but they probably touched on that in the podcast. I think. Yeah, it was just more. That it was sort of focusing largely on his his work with Rez. But um, yeah, yeah, that would be very cool to. I think that I think that would look fantastic through the the yeah. PSVR too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I do still find that the PS4 to PS5 game upgrade confusing. I don't know. I, know. I don't know if it's just me, but yeah. There we are. I know which have, which have had the buffs, which haven't. What what do the buffs yeah. do, and yeah, all that kind. And of then thing. you have to sometimes you have to go searching for it in the shop rather than it would just come up uh, on like the game yeah. menu and stuff. And yeah, yeah, although I've never it fathomed yeah. it, so it, it does know, look I like th- I think that was the thing that came out of that presentation the other night, wasn't it? I think is that they've now well and truly closed the door on the PS4, haven't they? And it's just yeah. everything now is just it's PS5 only. I think, yeah. and yeah, you know, it's um, onto the. Onwards and upwards. Yeah. 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 But the Amico still lives, Andy. Don't cancel that pre-order just It does. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Out of the blue, I got an email from their, I guess, fairly newly appointed CEO who's been brought in to um, <laughs> finally uh, start knocking heads together and make something happen, I think. But, um, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw this or not, but I, I, it's sort of, it looks as though they're now setting off down a very different trajectory than what they were initially anticipating and they now sort of see a very different environment that they're operating in which is probably true to an effect but uh, basically the kind of in in summary it looks as though that any sort of 
exclusivity that was going to come through the Amico is now well and truly gone. It looks like they're just going to, I think, <laughs> basically just punt it out to anything and any, every, every anywhere that'll have it on their on their systems. I think I think there was some chat about it. There's a couple of games that are coming to Switch, isn't there? I think um, uh, there was the uh, was it Shark Shark, and there was another Shark, one. I think that yeah. there were they were talking about but uh, I mean at the same time it did say that they're uh, bless them I did say that they're absolutely adamant that they're going to release this console so we'll see I'm still waiting on the knock of the door from Tommy Tallarico to hand deliver my um, my initial Founders Edition that I, uh, that I coughed up all those readies for back back whenever. I mean, that was how long ago was that, Chris? Year uh, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, it must be. Well, this guy said in his update, didn't he, that he's been CEO for eighteen months now. Yeah. So it must be. But twenty nineteen. Yeah. I mean, I reckon. Some of that, I think. I reckon it is four years. Yeah, I think I mean, it, is. I wanna, it was only pre-pandemic, I so I think it was. I, I yeah. think it was twenty nineteen, something like that. And well, I reckon it must be about four years ago that I interviewed Tommy on the uh, Retro Asylum. Yeah, I reckon that must have been four years ago now. So yeah, it's a long time ago, and he wasn't new then. It was no, this is it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it. And then the the, the email was they were, they were getting quite excited about the fact that they had a a working version of the console and the game. <laughs> um, yeah, but I thought that I thought you had a working version four years ago, but that must be my yeah. that must be my mistake. Never mind. <laughs> this is news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't see this being anything but them trying to keep some in- investors at bay. That uh, they don't want them to pull their money back, their funding back. I, I can't see this ever coming out. But uh, let's see. No, yeah, it's watch the space. Now. Yeah, it is. What's another four years? We'll see. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> my, 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 kids, my kids are going to have left home, but that was the whole reason I pre-ordered it, was so that I could play with them while they're toddlers. <laughs> they're going to be away off to you university. Like grandkids. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> Family grandchildren. Look, grandchildren. Look, what, look what Pappy's got. I, or, I pre-ordered this 62 years ago. <laughs> it's already retro, isn't it? Yeah. It's not even out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah we'll it'll be see. retro when it's released. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's ready for some Yakuza? Always. Yes. Yes. Cool. Chris, are you uh are you gonna do the honours yeah. of catching us up? I am you're gonna have to bear with me because this this is there's quite a lot to cover here. We covered a lot of narrative in the last episode, so I'm gonna get through this just as quickly as I can. So listeners, bear with me. Feel free to fast forward about twenty minutes. Shall I go for a quick toilet break and yeah, yeah, you make Mads is playing his Mayu Mini. That's rude. You should listen to me, Mads. <laughs> but I'm, I'm playing a Zelda game, mate. No, Sonic, sorry. Sonic game for Jim's sake. Oh, that looks like Sonic 1, is it? Yes, Sonic 1. Are you a bit. secret Sonic addict, Mads? He no. is, isn't he? Do you know what? He gives it all this front about, oh, yeah. oh Sonic's rubbish. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's just a front. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Chris. So, part one finished off. We were escaping from the funeral. Casma uh, was escaping from the funeral, being tailed by a load of uh, Shimano family thugs. Uh, he does escape, and he's he's rescued by a car which pulls up, and that's driven by none other than Detective Date. So Date tells Casma that he's been moved from homicide to organised crime, uh, and he's in in a chat in a bar with Casma. He says that it was uh, it's basically all Casma's fault. Uh, and he's been tasked to help investigate the hit that was placed on Masasera, and he wants Kazuma's help to do that, and he says Kazuma owes him one for all the trouble Kazuma's caused. He tasks Kazuma with looking after Yumi while he investigates the missing 10 billion yen. 
Kazma then heads to Serena and he goes back to see his old pal Reina to look for some information on Yumi. She doesn't know much about Yumi, but she did say that Yumi's sister Mizuki came into Serena five years earlier, claiming to be her sister. Uh, she ended up working at Serena for five years and then suddenly left to open her own bar called Ares. Uh, and then Ares promptly uh, closed down. Oh, no, Ares didn't close down. Mizuki then promptly went missing. Reina tried to contact her, but she changed her number. Uh, and she suggests that Kazma goes back to the bar that he'd just been at and speaks to that guy because he's well-connected. Kazma does go back there, and when he gets there, he sees the aftermath of a shootout, and it looks as if the owner's been killed. There he finds a young girl hiding, and this is Haruka, we learn, in a, a little bit later. She said that she she got in there looking for her mother. Uh, we head back to Serena, which is what we do in this game a lot. We head back and forth. But <laughs> we head back to Serena. There we learn that Haruka had no family other than her mother and her Aunt Yumi, which gets the suspicions rising. Uh, we learn that Yumi often dropped off letters and toys to Haruka at the orphanage. And we learn that Haruka grew up at the Sunflower Orphanage, which is the same place where uh, Kazuma and Nishiki grew up with Yumi. Uh, she says that her mother is Mizuki, and Haruka knows where Ares is, and she says she'll take Kazuma there. We get into Ares, where we're ambushed by the Omi family, Hayashi from the Omi family, who turns up with multiple goons. Uh, just at that point, Date calls and says that he knows that Yumi stole the 10 billion yen and her ring was found at the scene. Put a pin in that for later. Kazuma gave the ring to Date when he was arrested and he asked Date to give it to Fuma. So somehow it ended up back in Yumi's hands and was at the scene of this, this crime, this, this stealing, the stealing of the 10 billion yen. Uh, Hayashi wants the girl. But he doesn't get it because Kazuma goes uh, all haywire and beats them all up. Um, we go back to Serena and there Shinji calls and he says he's on the run with Fuma. He's still alive. And just guys, what did you say Fuma's name was in Kawami? He's not called Fuma, is he? What's his name? Kazuma. In Kawami. No, this is the guy, the head of the... Um, what did you call, What did you say his name was? The guy who gets shot at the funeral. Yes, yeah, Kazama. Kazama, that's it, Kazama. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, Kazama, yeah. Um, so Shinji calls and says he's on the run with him. Date suggests they go and speak to the famous informant Kage of Purgatory, which is in a place called West Park in Kamarosha, um, but it's nicknamed Purgatory. Kazuma heads there and he speaks to uh, Kage, or in Kawami, he's probably better known as the, the florist, isn't he? The florist of Purgatory. Yeah. Um, so Kage's a bit of a varus. He has eyes and ears everywhere. He has a CCTV network all over the city. And he says in return for information, he wants Kazuma to go win three matches in the battle, three matches in a row in the Battle Coliseum. Kazuma does just that. And when we get back, we see that Date has turned up a purgatory. We also see CCTV footage of Date's journey across the city. And we see that he was attacked uh, whilst with Haruka and Haruka had been kidnapped. Uh, at that point, Darte is in the middle of having his ass handed to him outside of purgatory, <laughs> so Kazuma has to go and save the day. Uh, Darte tells us that it was actually Majima, our old friend Majima, who's kidnapped Haruka. He also says that... Uh, or oh, no, Kage tells us that Haruka uh, has been taken to the batting centre. So off we go to the batting centre where we do find Haruka. We defeat Majima. Uh, Haruka then tells us that a man helped her when she was captured. 
and told her to take good care of the pendant that she wears around her neck that Yumiya gave her, and he tells her it's worth 10 billion yen. We don't know who that is, but he obviously knew who uh, Kazuma was. Uh, and when I say Kazuma, I mean Kazuma Kiryu. Uh, we then have a same series of events where we go around solving family issues with Kaga and Date. I don't propose to say too much about that. It's a strange series of events as we covered last time. Um, after that little plot detour, we get a curious scene at the police station where Date is stood down from the investigation into the hit on Masasera. And the mysterious man appears to say that we, and he doesn't say who the we are, have been asked to investigate and the order has come straight from the top. So plot thickens there. Into chapter 7, that starts with the revelation that a body was pulled out of Tokyo Bay. It appears to be the body of Yumi's sister Mizuki, uh, and, it, and she's identified by the tattoo that she has on her chest. Uh, Kazuma identifies that the tattoo bears the signature of a famous tattoo artist, Utabori II. He goes to see Utabori, who says he didn't do the tattoo on the corpse. There's been lots of people trying to imitate him. And while we're there, we receive a call from Nishki. Nishki wants to meet Kazuma. This is the first time they'd spoken since before Kazuma went, went to prison. They arranged to, they arranged to meet it the following day at Serena. Back at Serena, Kazuma and Date agree to move Haruka to purgatory as a precaution because they know she's being hunted by these goons. Haruka gets a slap and then runs off and she leaves her pendant at Serena. The trail for Haruka leads to Stardust, which is one of the places we went to very early in the game, where we find Haruka, who's been kidnapped by a mysterious group of guys who refuse to say who they are, but it's clear that they're looking for the pendant. Kazuma offers to trade it for Haruka, but during the trade, Haruka's shot in the shoulder. In the ensuing fight, Kazuma recovers the pendant, but only as one of the goons was about to reveal who sent them before he's shot by one of his fellow escaping baddies. We only get to hear the name Jean. We don't know who who, who else it is. Uh, certainly a name that didn't mean much to me at the time. Uh, so Haruka is then told that her mother's dead, poor Haruka, and she's stowed away in purgatory. So after one final evening with Haruka, taking her to porno shops and ending up in a secret gambling den, <laughs> we get an insight into what appears to be Haruka's had a supernatural ability to predict dice rolls. Yeah, maybe more on that later. Uh, at the meeting with Nishki, he produces Yumi's ring, which just seems to be coming back again and again. It must be something significant about this ring. Uh, Nishki tells uh, Kazuma that he thinks Yumi is somewhere close and he wants the pendant. He reveals that he was the one who shot Kazama slash Fuma and he knows he's with Shinji. At that point, Kazuma gives Nishki a slap uh, and we're ambushed by Nishki's 50,000 strong army. Of course, we defeat all of them. And when we do, we escape into the Kamarosho night. Nicely done. <laughs> it's a lot on it. <laughs> and then just to confirm, Haruka has got the pendant at this point in the game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which comes... Yeah, so Kazuma got it back when he went to rescue her from the baddies at Stardust, and he gave it back to Haruka at that point. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And we still don't know the significance of this pendant other than it's important in relation to this missing money, but we don't know why. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. More on that in a minute. Yeah. It's chapter eight then, the scheme. Again, there's quite a bit 
bit of a bit of plot in this. A lot of same sort of toing and froing around the city. The chapter, this chapter begins with Nishiki sat at his desk and uh, Matsusugi enters. So basically, Nishiki tasks him with uh, previously with getting the money to pay the doctor to do an, an operation on his sister because his sister was ill. I think was it a, she needed a heart transplant, I think it was. I think that's right. She yeah. needed some, some organ at least. Yeah, 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 she needed an organ transplant. She mm. was going to be dead before one was going to become available. So the doctor said, get me some money. I'll do it through some other sort of other ways and means if you if you get me this money. So Nishiki tasked Matsusugi with going and getting the money. I don't care how you do it, just go and get the money. He comes back with the money. Um, and then Nish- Nishiki sort of says, oh, I'm in your debt, thanking him. But it turns out that the money, or most of the money, came from the same doctor that was going to do the operation. I was a bit confused at this point. So the doctor's given Nishiki the money for the operation. Nishiki's then pegged it over to the hospital only to find that the doctor's gone. Am I, am I missing something? No, I think... No, sounds no, about right. I, I, I think that's that's exactly what... I think that's as sort of, it's as simple as, as complicated as that. Yes, I think that's correct. So Yeah, I just couldn't... Why, why would the doctor have gone? He's given in the money and then gone. Are we to, are we to, to think that this money has come from the missing ten billion yen and the doctor's somehow got his hands on it and doesn't want anything to do with no, it? The, so he's legged it, or the doctor had a debt to pay. We we find out to the yakuza, I think. So that's what he needed the money for, actually. Okay. So he he never intended on uh, on doing the operation. A, that was an just organ a, or doing the operation at all. He just needed some money. He was just using off. just using Nishiki. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, cool. That clears that up then. Right, so yeah, it start the chapter starts off. Kiryu's supposed to be keeping a low profile at the moment. He's supposed to be wanted by the police, but we're still getting these like random battles as as we go through the city. Our first point of call is we've got to head up to uh, the park to West Park. Everyone in the city is talking about some incident, something that's happened at the West Park. So we go over to the West Park and we meet up with Date and the florist. And they tell him that there's been a big attack. There was three gangs, the red, the blue and the white gang were working together for the Yakuza. They've basically broken into the park and taken Haruka um, hostage. So now the main point of this chapter focuses on Kiryu exploring the city, tracking down these three gangs to eventually find which one has has taken Haruka. If did you guys um, notice any difference around the city with him apparently being hunted by the police? I mean, Not, I was uh, a bit no. worried about. No, nope. nothing. No, nope. no, I that didn't say that. Still behaving in exactly the same fashion. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I spent most of that time dating Yui. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old habits die hard. <laughs> Where's Mads? He's in the parlor. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, he thought he might be going away for a long time, so yeah, he had to get his fill before he got before he got taken True. away. True. Did anyone miss? So when you come out of the West Park, there's a homeless person on the left-hand side as you come out. 
and he basically tells you where to go first. I think the, the it's the blue blue Z blue Z that we've got to go and find first. And he mm. he tells you where to go to find them. But I imagine if you didn't speak to him, did, did anyone not speak to him? I'd, I'd just be interested. Not to initially, see I didn't. No. no. And does it I come don't. up with like a pointer to tell you where to go or anything? Or mm, I. Don't think so, because I did a I did a lot of running around to start with, and sort of just doing random encounters, mm. and I kind of crisscrossed the whole town because um, they kind of got their three separate turfs, the three gangs, don't they? And mm. I didn't seem to be able to. I've, although I was fighting all the different gangs, because I think when you bring it up on the pause menu, it just gives you a fairly generic hint as to what you should be doing. It wasn't anywhere near specific enough as to which park or whatever you had to go to, and. It was only when I went back up, to, I ended up going back up. I don't know if it was maybe for whatever reason going back up to West Park or to Purgatory there, and it must be when I then spoke to him. But I did spend mm. probably a good half hour, 40 minutes just running around the city trying to stumble upon something the, and didn't. Yeah. This, this part annoyed me to no end because this is mm. the first time where speaking to total strangers is actually paramount for your mission. I mean, that's yes. part of the mission structure. Yeah. You need to talk to everybody and everybody all of a sudden wants to talk to you in the city. So you need to talk to people and they'll give you hints about where they uh, the, the gangs are. But I was wondering, even if I know which park the first, the blue gang is in, for example, Will they spawn there if I haven't spoken to the uh, the bystanders and, and and gotten the hint that that's where they are? Because I I feel like they wouldn't. Which um, at some point, I went to the to the blue ones and then the red ones with that horrible horrible fight we'll get to, and then you need to fight the white gang. Mm. And I knew where they were because I, I spoke to somebody on the street. They were I forget this 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 little. Square. In the parking lot in the Champions District, aren't they? In the Champions District, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was mm. running around the Champions District forever, forever, until I finally talked to somebody I hadn't talked to before in, in that vicinity, and all of a sudden they were there. Have you not seen that, the guy who guards the entrance to the parking lot, though? Had you not come across him before on your no, frolics? No, I don't think so. Because in the PS2 version, like he's there right from the start of the game. There's this big okay. guy who guards it, and he's always like, "You're not one of us. You can't come in." No. Nope. And I was always wondering, like, "Oh, well, wonder when I'm going to get to go in there." Okay, no, I hadn't uh, seen okay, him. I hadn't met him previously yet either. Um, mm. Okay. Now I was just wondering whether these things actually spawn and are there if you don't talk to the people on the street yeah i don't know because there's but, a bit but, but later on where you have to be in a certain place to trigger a phone call from shinji okay because i was i was read, i read about it afterwards and you have to you have to go to a certain area uh, i think i know to, what you're to, to yeah. trigger the phone call from shinji. i think I, I wasted more time there as well i think it's, yeah so i to, i think maybe yeah maybe you have to you have to trigger something for for it to happen yeah okay yeah. Mm. I'm surprised by this because again this feels very much more streamlined and straightforward in the in the PS2 version so my my recollection of this is that the blue guys are pretty much right outside purgatory you can't miss them so as soon as you come out they're like on the other side of the road the opposite and they so you beat them up and they then tell you where the red gang is okay. so you go and fight them and then they tell you where the the white fang 
hangout or the white edge, whatever. So called. yeah, the Kiwami, the blue guys are the exact opposite side of the map yeah. than the Purgatory oh, right. in one yeah, of the parts. Like yeah. Yeah. Park, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's one in the northwest corner, isn't it? Mm. And then you go to the red ones who are in that uh, bar, underground Deborah. bar. Yeah, 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 Deborah. Yeah, um, and, and then you get to the, the white white guys at the Champion District at the end. Oh, yeah. It's because this is, I think, yeah. probably literally the only part I can think of the, in the game where I've actually felt some very, albeit very mild frustration in the sense that I didn't have a huge amount of time when I was sitting down and playing this session. So mm. I, I was ideally wanting to make some progress. And yeah. I love it when you can just run around the city, go and free roam, but it's always on the proviso that I know where I need to go to progress the story. And this was the first time where I didn't. And after sort of initially warning around getting into a few random fights, I thought, actually, this is a wee bit annoying at this point because I, I, mm. I am actually intensely trying to progress the story and I don't know how to do it or where to go for that. But it's a very, mm. one of my very few mild criticisms of this part of the game. Yeah, it happened to me again later on, again with the, the Shinji mission. But we'll, uh, we'll get there in due course. We eventually. It does sound as if sorry, sorry no, Jim, no. It does sound as if like although Kawami has obviously built upon what the PS2 version did in in pretty much every single way, it does seem like there's a fair amount of padding mm. yeah. in Kawami as well. It's a bit unbalanced in that respect. To, I think yeah, some of the yeah. stuff kind of fleshes it out, and other bits are just definitely feels Padded feels out. a bit filler. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We end up eventually finding the red gang heading over to uh, Deborah's nightclub again so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we go over to Deborah's nightclub uh, and Date gives you a call as well telling you that Haruka was listed as a kidnapping victim so the police are also looking for her so basically we've got to find her before the police do but that that's just a plot point there's no sort of timer or, or anything like that so could you could you go straight? Could you skip the Deborah fight? Could you skip the blue and the? If you knew what you were doing, could you just go straight to where the white gang were and go straight to it? Oh, I'm not actually sure. Maybe because you, you definitely so. can in the PS2 version. Okay. Mm. Okay. I got the impression. I don't know because I didn't do otherwise, but I got the impression that you had to do them in order. Yeah. Okay. It's like a sequence. Yeah, yeah, it only gave you like the specific clue for the next part once you'd done the first one. Yeah, because I right. yeah I yeah. think you, you who is it you find out. Yeah, when you find when you the white edge isn't it? You beat the white edge yeah. and then he he tells you about the bloody eye. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he gives you, he gives you the next sort of clue to. So I but I suppose if it, like knowing what we know now, if you went straight to the Debola nightclub, then... You'd skip the blue yeah. one. Yeah, but it's just whether the, that fight would spawn. Yeah. You know, if you hadn't yeah. done the... Like, as Mads was saying, if you hadn't done, like, the previous steps. I, I feel like it wouldn't, but I haven't tried it. I mean, mm. everybody you spoke to would only give you hints as to where to find the collar you're going for right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then as you're sort of running through the city, if you're looking for the blue Z, then... The random battles are with guys in like the blue jackets, aren't they? So, yep. yeah. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I I had a funny little bit. So when you get into uh, when you get into Deborah's nightclub and you you go upstairs in on and there's a guy on the balcony who you, you square up to and you have a fight with. Well, I triggered one of the uh, the, the the 
the beast mode, the the uh, the, the the mode the, like the special moves, threw him over the over the uh, over the balcony. But then obviously I'd beat him, so that triggered the cutscene where Kiryu was just sort of fighting him one on one. I hadn't thrown him over the balcony. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> completely, uh, completely. Yeah, broken. get back up here. I'd say I can't yeah. to beat you up all over again. You've broken it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is where we end up fighting the the Aki brothers. So the big, big and little Aki. Oh, pain in the ass. This what? was tough, <laughs> and there was no, there was no sort of fight. cool, there was no cool like jump down either from the balcony, no. was there? Which no. was a bit, no, you had to walk yeah, around. A bit yeah. disappointing. That I was expecting like some badass sort of jump balcony jump, but we don't get that. Mm. Yeah, this this was. So brutal. what was so bad about this then? It was too... I mean, getting all of the henchmen away was uh, easy. Fighting mm. those two guys at the same time was just so bloody annoying because when you were right. hitting one guy, uh, the little guy, he would be easy to fight if he was by himself because uh, he's got this very, very fixed movement pattern. He doesn't do that much, but often when you get too close to him, you need to rest for a while because you can't really uh, intercept that that spinning attack he does. Yeah. Yeah. And while you were trying to just uh, keep your distance, you'd be hit in the, in the back by, by the big guy. Or It was just too unwieldy. Too. They're two attack patterns. Just They were so hard to, to work with at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so there's a real mismatch. I, I think I died. Like I haven't died in this game for a long time. I think I died four or five times and had to do this exceedingly boring fight four or five times. Man, I was really close to rage quitting the game at this point. And as you say, Matt, it's because of the movement patterns. But I, I always find that sometimes in the end I've just abandoned that bit. If you're trying to um, target an individual with the right bumper, is it sometimes yep. it would lock one would come in front of the other just at the wrong time and you'd end up locking on the, the wrong one or whatever. Exactly. And yeah, it, it was a wee bit of a... It was a real sort of... It just felt a bit fiddly. This fight, I couldn't really get. Yeah. I could never. And yeah, they were. The I mean, if we had bullets, they'd be bullet sponges. I mean, that's the Kiwami thing. If it seems yeah. that the, everybody has like three health bars you need to get through, and they're like uh, seventy miles long. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. Although the one thing that came out of our last discussion and in the Discord group, which I did on this whole play session, which has made a profound difference with the boss fights, is when they go into their own heat mode is changing into their fight style and then using yeah. the essence of the heat mode, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, mm. So I actually, I've always got now a good supply of both health drinks and heat drinks so that the minute they go into that little charge mode, I just pause it, fill up my heat and then just yep, hit same. Y and then they yep. do, and that, that gets, I, I've been having far more sick or being able to get through the bosses much quicker that way because not only are they not getting a chance to recharge, but I think when you use that essence of heat mode, move on, them it, it does some pretty significant damage mm. and you get some quite cool yeah. animated little sequences as well True. yeah yeah I, I think i was getting my order confused earlier so it's the red gang that's in deborah isn't it it's the red gang is called the bloody eye yes the yeah. white yeah, gang is in the parking lot and then yeah. the blue gang are just the the, the the minnows basically yes that's yeah. it yeah yeah so when I was saying that you could go straight there, so you in the PS2 game you can skip the blue one, okay. If you know where to go, you could go straight to the parking lot and fight the white guys, okay. And it's the it's the dude bro at the white at the parking lot who tells you to go to to Deborah. So yeah, you you couldn't go straight to Deborah without fighting right. the, the white but gang. Okay. The white gang is isn't that the last one in Kiwami? 
I think, yeah. yeah just was, getting them confused then. Still yeah. a red guy because they had their nice red puffer jackets on in the nightclub. It looked quite oh, cool. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But we do, we do, so I, I used the, uh, the rush move set for, for a couple of these boss fights in, in this sort of section. Definitely, it's the most I've used the rush move set in the whole whole of the game so far really sort of got got me out of out of jail you guys have seen a few of you guys have watched i've kind of actively avoided it but i'd I'd love to just i might actually do it after this just to have a uh, maybe get some inspiration but have, have you guys been watching many videos about you know kind of top level players or even just decent players <laughs> more no. decent than i am playing it because it, it just it's just if you go into the move sets and all the different skills you can learn the very large majority of them are weighted towards the rush style and so it, that must be for kind of the high level players rush style whereby when you look at all the different moves that you can unlock with that and how you must be able to string them all together I bet if somebody knows what they're doing with those you could do some seriously impressive sequences and really kind of work your way around the room and around each of the enemies individually yeah I mean I have always considered myself sort of a high level player so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Still still dining out on that one. <laughs> what um what what modes do you guys use then? So obviously I don't have any of this on the PS2. Are you guys so, so do you have your go to for the boss battles? So I predominantly stay in brawler mode. That's the one that I, I think is the most balanced. It's um yeah, it's kind of the middle ground basically. But on this session as in these chat these three chats we played i spent a lot of time in beast mode for it because you were taking on some pretty big numbers of enemies and you can yeah. just i and i think it was maybe i think it was right that was saying as much in the discord but you do feel that you can kind of uh, steamroll the game a little bit by mm. uh, it's definitely the less sophisticated players um, go to I think is that you can just you, you can just brute force your way through it by using this style and there's you know it's it's good if you want to make progress but definitely there's some action sequences that you come out of and you don't get the same sense of satisfaction as what you do if you've yeah. done it with the brawler style particularly um, but that's why I say I would love to really get more more of fee and really or watch a high level player in the rush style because I bet it looks it must look really really cool when you can string together these really long sequences of moves yeah I'm I'm in brawler mode like 90% of the time and the last 10 divided between beast and, and and rush I guess yeah. Beast is, is only really good for I, I find it good when there are lots of stuff to be picked up because he does that automatically then. So if, if you're in a, a an item rich environment, just go to beast mode and just button mash, then he'll yeah. do all sorts of fun stuff. But if, if <laughs> you're just uh, fighting enemies, I, I, I prefer brawler mode because as Andy says it feels more satisfying. Mm. In some way. We've had yes. what, th- three three bosses in this section of, of game. Yeah, and it's the first time that I've not been using Brawler. I've used Rush on two of them and Beast on another. So mm. yeah, it's weird how like my gameplay style. I'm still using Brawler for all the street sort of fights, but now with these boss fights, I'm yeah, I've, I've changed my sort of fighting style a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't really know if that's maybe deliberate. It. I don't know if that's maybe deliberate or not, though, to maybe to, to force you at this point in the game to start exploring the other styles, because you have been able to get by with the brawler style up until this point, but I, I'm not sure you'd be able to do 
clearly you can do, but it'd be much harder to do some of these boss fights purely in the brawler style, particularly when we get to the last bosses. I, yeah. I think really struggle with that. I think you need that extra speed to get with Rush, and I think in some of these sequences where you're you know, really up against the numbers, it's really sort of pushing you towards using the using the beast style. Because if I yeah. could, I would just stay in brawler style the entire time. But yeah, this is the first time where I've really felt it's been pretty much essential for, for the skill level that I'm at to, to drop into those two other styles to be able to progress. Yeah. And then in the PS2, Chris, obviously you've not got yeah. Rush, Brawler and Beast, have you? Are you finding no. you're using a certain moveset more than others or are you just sort of... Yeah. De- de- yeah, definitely. Like, I think it does it does quite a lot with not a lot, I think, in, in the PS2 version. It does. Get, it does get repetitive. I, as I said on the last one, like I quite enjoy the the loop. I quite enjoy the random battles because you know I feel like I've been that's that's been my jam over the years with JRPGs. So I don't mind the repetition, but the, the mechanics do get they do get repetitive because it's very rare that you learn a new move. In fact, I've probably not learned a new combo now for almost the start of the game, really. Uh, I'm still using that, you know, the, the tap square four times and then triangle, which then does this powerful uh, roundhouse kick. So I have learned new stuff. So just in this session, there's a guy in Purgatory called Kamaki. I don't know whether he's in Kawami who will teach yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, so I've, been, I've le- been doing all his side missions yeah. are good. Okay. Yep. So so with him, with in the PS2 version, like if your stats, because you get your three stats that you can level up, body, spirit, and mind, I think, if you level them up sufficiently, he like if you go to him, he may say, "Oh no, you need to kind of improve your spirit or something." So, but if you're sufficiently leveled up, then you'll go into this kind of combat scenario with him. There's no side mission; it's just like a combat scenario where, like in this session, he teaches one of the things he teaches you is a parry. So if you tap guard just as they're about to hit you, then you can you knock them back and cause them damage. Um, and then you have to do it 10 times before you've learnt it and then you can use it in normal combat. And then can you just go straight on and learn the next skill with them? Is that in any way gated? Yeah, if you've got, if you've got sufficient... If you're sufficiently levelled up, you can, yeah. Right, because yeah. this is definitely where they've put a bit more padding in. Is So in order to progress with in Kiwami, you have to go into the battle arena and you need to do, oh, really? you need to okay. do three bouts. Well, ideally... You need to basically earn battle points whilst in the arena. So ideally, obviously, once you're in there, you do three fights, three consecutive fights. Yeah. And obviously, if you win all three, you get the most points. But even at this point, I think you've got... There must be... I think there's eight, if I'm right. I think there's eight fights that will be available or eight tournaments that you'll be able to enter. At the moment, there's only five, I think, that I've got access to. And... uh, the so the fifth one is fairly difficult. It's not difficult actually. That's not, that's a line at the level I'm now at. It's okay, but initially it was quite tricky. But I seem to get yeah. about sort of five or six hundred battle points by the end if you win all three matches. But you can improve on that by there's all these different demands that the crowd want you to do. So they want you to either yeah. perform a yeah. heat move and you get ten seconds to do it and you get extra points as a consequence. But anyway, when you come out of it, you then buy these. They're almost like these. Um, kind of like scroll type things that you need to buy yeah. in the shop and then you take that to Kamaki and he'll then teach you the next skill oh, but okay. the initial ones are fine they're 
probably only about you know 200 500 600 points however but they start getting up to 2000 points 4000 yeah. points and so then you have to go and earn them in the battle. Yeah, and so that that's a considerable amount, it's a considerable investment of time if you want to learn yeah. it at the earliest opportunity. It's it's a lot of time you'd yeah. have to put in at this stage to do so. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely another example where Kawami's definitely been padded out. I mean, I see someone on Discord said earlier that they've spent like sixty hours at this yeah, point. So I wow. Yeah. Who is that? Yeah, I mean my my game clock is now nineteen, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I'm twenty three or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so the combat the combat's still good and I'm still enjoying it. I think the one the biggest criticism I've got, and it sounds like it might be similar in Kawami, is that it doesn't deal well when you've got multiple enemies. Like if you've got a group of enemies, it's really difficult to work out who you're targeting, who you should be targeting, who's targeting you. So what tends to happen with me is I end up getting attacked from behind a lot, which is really annoying in any game. Yeah when you don't feel like you're given an opportunity to, to, to counter it. And far too often, given I've been playing this game now for 20 hours, I find myself just attacking space. So instead of when I think I've locked on, I haven't, and I just end up attacking nothing. Yeah. And then, you know, you go into your animation for your combo and you can't really interrupt it. Um, and that happens a little bit too much. Like if that happened just once every now and again, I'd be like, okay, that's my fault. But because it happens... Once at least per fight, even in the random battles on the streets, kind of start to feel like there's probably a failing in the combat system. Yeah, or people with projectile weapons on the far side of the room that you can't get to because there's a wall of enemies in the way, yeah. and you're tr- oh, Jesus, you're trying yeah. to clear them out of the way. And but whilst you're hitting them to get them out of the way, you're getting shot, and then you then you yeah. get knocked. Oh my yeah. god, that gets yeah. a bit frustrating. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in more on that later. 10, on, right? Yeah, yeah. blimey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and the other thing I would say on the combat before we move on is that it's too easy. Like and you know, I'm, I'm no expert gamer at all, as you guys well know. Um, but I'm playing this on normal. Souls. Mm. <laughs> Demon Souls, maybe. Yeah, Demon Souls, so, yes, Souls, yeah, yes. To be completed, yeah. Come on, <laughs> come on now. Um, but like, it, it. This is the thing with the boss battles. Like you guys talk about the boss battles, and at least okay, they might be memorable for the wrong reasons, but at least you can remember this stuff. I can barely remember any of the boss battles in the whole game because you just breeze through them apart from one chapter 10 I mean, which so, we'll some abuse to. you receive in this life Chris you'd rather just forget about actually so. <laughs> don't, at least they're at least they're memorable though you know and at least you must imagine when you did that for the sixth time or whatever it was there must have been some sense of achievement to think of at not least, at, at all least, not, not, not in the tiniest tiniest F way for that no no, no, it was just... At least relief. It was just, yes, thank God, let me move on. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. See, like, I think you don't get that with the PS2 version. I mean, some of the setups are good and some of the dialogue is funny and some of the character models are quite funny. You know, the guy in the parking lot, the white, the guy who's sitting there surrounded by his hose, you know, and, it, like, it's all... It's, it's entertaining. But then the battles are just so unremarkable that you end up feeling, okay, all right. You know, move on. Yeah, I, I mean, despite its frustrations, and this has probably been the most frustrating section in terms of the fights. I still really enjoy the fighting. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do on the whole. I I, yeah. I enjoy actually the fighting 
funny enough, I, I enjoy it when it's easy. I mean, there are some sections we're getting to here where you just smash through. I mean, isn't it chapter 10 you start by moving up a building and you just smash yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. hordes and hordes of enemy in, in, yeah. and you, you dispatch of them in, in glorious ways. I find that funny now yeah. because I, I know how to control that. I really don't enjoy the stuff that I'm supposed to be enjoying, which are the slightly harder battles where you can use the yeah. proper mechanics. I find them exceedingly boring and far too long and not hard most of the time. Yeah, I, I do you I, think that's just because is is that because like you're not embracing the mechanics though, is it? I, I, I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a slight imbalance in the, the sense that we've had too much practice at the street thug fights and not enough practice yeah. at these boss fights so that when you do yeah, come across yeah, a more yeah. difficult one you're not really you've not had the exposure but to these fights and so they get frustrated. I would enjoy than, the more difficult ones if they were one on one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, then, then I, I, I would, I would totally embrace it and say, okay, this is a hard, uh, hard enemy I'm facing. I need to learn his patterns. I need to figure out how to dodge him and how to get him down. Mm. But it always in, in this game just gets a, it gets to be an exercise in frustration for me. Uh, yeah. Because okay, I'm trying to hit him. Oh, not one of his, one of his thugs just whacked me with a baseball yeah. bat. I'm trying yeah, to hit that guy. Off and because the frequency of them, you get so used to the, the the fights being particularly short as well. So when it does go on a bit longer, you feel like you're doing something wrong. You think I should have blown this guy away by now, but you know you're only just yeah. kind of on his first of his third of his three health bars or whatever so it's yeah. um yeah there's, there's, there's a bit of a mismatch i think between kind of what you the, the combat you spend the majority of the time doing and then these these boss fights yeah hmm. i always find like like with bosses like we know with like old school bosses you want to learn like yeah. like a pattern and and the challenge comes from learning that pattern rather than the boss being like a a bullet sponge or a damage sponge. Yeah. Whereas the bosses in this, they they do change their pattern, but maybe only once. But they they lean more into the bullet sponge, don't they, and the damage sponge side of it rather than. Yeah, you want you want it to be a skill check, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to sound like, and Matt's just going to take the piss out of me here, but like you, you want to get good. Like you want to feel like you've learned and you've become skillful enough to be able to do it. Not not that you've just got enough health items where you've yeah. been able to just outlast yeah. the boss. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's largely been it's been pretty much the brute force route I've taken, where it's just been multiple health items and multiple heat items. So I'm kind of definitely covering for my lack of ability with that, which is nice. I I like the fact that it gives you that option and it gives you that route. Is it rather than dropping the difficulty down is that you can progress. Yeah. I've still not dropped the difficulty by the way, but it doesn't, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you the same amount of satisfaction. Definitely not as what it would do if you were probably, but then I guess, you know, that's, that's as much a reflection on me as anything else in the sense that, you know, I'm the one who stood there, chugging down these um the Torner double x's or whatever they are to keep myself going rather than you know really sort of accepting that i'm going to lose the fight 10 or 20 times before i beat him um but I, the problem with losing the fight 10 or 20 times is that the fights are so long so if you lose the, yeah. the fight 10 or 20 times you'll be playing it for five hours yeah yeah that's annoying yeah. so yeah what what i would love get get away with all the the multiple uh, health bars have just one and have the the fights if you're good at it you should be able to beat them in a minute or two and yeah. again they should be able to kill me in 10 seconds if i'm not doing it right then i'd happily do it 50 times in a row 
Happily. You're going to love Dark Souls. Can someone record <laughs> him saying this? Because <laughs> this is going to come back to haunt you, man. I didn't say I wanted to I wanted, wanted to start the level over, just the boss fight, because that, that annoys me as well. <laughs> I, I wonder, though, if um, for both uh, OG and Kiwami, I actually wonder whether it would be more fun playing it on a harder difficulty, actually, where you forced, yeah, maybe. where you can't brute force it, you know, you're forced to... To do it in a way which... No, it wouldn't be more fun because of the length of the boss fights. Yeah, I would never maybe. play these boss fights more than I've done. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm at at the end. There's no more left. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it'd be interesting to know. I don't know how much more difficult the boss fights get on the harder difficulties. It's going to be interesting how much hard, see how much harder the, all these random encounters get. I mean, if they were, if each of those yeah. encounters was of a, you know, a significant level of difficulty you'd be you'd be pretty damn good by this point yeah. because I, mean, I think i've had but you'd also be playing it for 200 hours though <laughs> well you would how yeah. many of these random battles there are yeah mm-hmm. I, exactly i would imagine i'm i'm only guessing here but i would imagine that if you go on to the higher difficulty levels the the challenge comes maybe probably just they've got extra health bars Oh no, they can't be that surely. I mean, that's so that's too or maybe or maybe they hit harder then. Maybe they hit harder as well. Or maybe you even do less damage, so it takes even harder to deplete their health, and that would be a kicker, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but we we do eventually beat uh, big big Aki, and he tells us or tells Kiru that he was being hired by the Lao Kalong. So this is the Snake Flower Triad. Uh, we, and it turns out, then we go into the little cut scene, and it turns out that Kiryu's got previous with the uh, with the Lao Kalong, and we get this like pretty gruesome uh, flashback to, to twelve years ago where Kiryu was being tortured. He's sort of having these like pins stuck in him. Oh, acupuncture uh, session. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Always wants one. He's been yeah. sort of strung up by his arms, and they're sticking these like big pins these big needles into his arms and then they're just about to stick one into his eye and uh and Kazuma bursts in at the last minute and and saves him and then this is then after this Kiryu goes back to purgatory to speak to Date about uh Laukalong who, who's got Haruka now and then um, they basically they've got the two of them go over to Yokohama uh to, to find Haruka and then the chapter finishes with this cut, sheet, cut scene showing uh, Shimano. And he's basically working in the background with the snake flower triad. And they're sort of discussing how they're going to, how they're going to split this missing money. So somehow they've, uh, they've ended up with the missing money. They aren't they, um, Nishki's involved here as well, isn't he? And aren't they like, isn't Nishki basically being taken for a ride here? Is yeah. What we get from this country. Yeah. So, so we find out that they've got the either here or maybe later on. We find out that they've got their hands on the pendant. Nishki thinks the key to everything is this pendant, and then they've sold yeah, but- the pendant to Nishki, but have got the money already. I think. Yeah, and isn't this lead us to believe that actually it's Haruka? That's yeah. worth the money, and dependence is a bit of a red herring. Yeah. Everyone thinks yeah, it's dependent. I don't think they have the money yet, though, Jim. I think they sh- they just think that they will get it now. Yeah, because they yeah. have Haruka. Yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah, they were talking about how they were going to sort of divide it all up, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that takes us into chapter nine, which is called The Rescue. And then this chapter, this one begins, Date and Kiryu have, have arrived in Yokohama and they're in front of this like big tall building, this snake flower triad HQ. And then Kiryu says to, to Date, basically he's going to go it alone and tells Date to go and find some, some more leads. Date's like, oh, all right, if you insist, yeah. go on then. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't need much convincing. Yeah, but- he's like Andy, try- he's like trying to convince Andy to buy a new piece of hardware. It's like... Yeah, all right. Yeah. 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 To be fair, let me just grab my wallet. To be fair, the way you yeah, got seen by those yeah, people. Right. I mean, you, yeah, <laughs> poor Date. I was thinking this when I was putting the summaries together. Like he's he's an absolute disaster he case, is, isn't he? he? I mean, he's, yeah, he's either getting beaten up or he's slapping around his daughter or he's crying yeah. or he is a real or mess. Drums. Yeah, and then, like, well, like, yeah, he's supposed to be like, meeting yeah. like the baddest man on the planet yeah. at this point. Yeah, he's a proper mess. <laughs> Is saying the uh, is saying to him that he doesn't want the uh, if, like you see it's basically like I'm, I'm I'm not carrying you anymore old timer just you know why don't you, why don't you go find a nice coffee shop like, round the corner or something go and get yourself a nice cup of tea and I'll get you he's got a bandage round his head hasn't he which the blood's coming through he yes. looks like a really really alcoholic Bruce oh, he, Lee, he's just a total he's a total sort. shambles he really is <laughs> it's a complete mess. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, the, the next part of this this now we have to make the way through the headquarters, uh, defeating enemies as you go. Quite a similar feeling to that the funeral fight way yeah. back yeah. in like chapter yeah. three. This yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. But now you've got more moves, and so it feels a lot more badass. I thought I I quite enjoyed mm. this. Yeah, I loved this section. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, fighting in the kitchen with the meat cleavers and everything Uh, else. Like pig's heads? I think I was beating people up with a pig's head. Yeah. Did you guys do any heat moves in the kitchen? Because I didn't, and I think I've missed... Yeah. You put the head on, like, the the furnaces, the stoves and stuff. You see, I knew I was missing... I never got the opportunity here to actually do one, but the fact they had, like... 12 lit burners in the kitchen or something like that I thought <laughs> they're just they're, they're telling me this is where you need to put somebody's head yeah. But, uh, yeah. ultimately I would say um, I was never able to you're get somebody you're a sick puppy Andy pardon me <laughs> you're a sick puppy is <laughs> that not what you see when you see like a lit burner on a stove it's like well clearly I have to just slam somebody's head onto that not, I don't mm. go and switch yeah, it off yeah. I need to put somebody's head remind on remind me never to go round for dinner <laughs> yes. at Andy's house yeah. yeah, yeah, with the burner my wife's, oh, my wife's paranoid about leaving the burners on <laughs> so, <laughs> But, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and it comes back to I think maybe the slight frustration with some of the fighting mechanics is that I, I was desperately trying to do the to do that in this, but because it's quite a narrow corridor that you had between these kitchen islands and the the number of enemies that you were fighting, I was never able to get somebody. I assume you had to get to them into a hold and then do the heat move. Is that yeah? Right? That's it. Yeah, you have to get them into yeah. a hold and then you have to have like the furnace behind you or whatever the environment interactable right. is yeah you have to have that yeah. sort of behind you and yeah that and so I, I was never able to do it i was i actually was <laughs> again the, the um the uh i have thought about trying to reload and, and doing this section again so i could see it but uh i'll watch a youtube video of it i'll pass that'll, that'll keep me amused think of that um that checklist though andy is, that is it on the checklist there? is it well the the heat moves are in the checklist aren't they so I must. I imagine there must be like heat moves that you have to do in the chapter to to tick off. Ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Don't do this, Jim. <laughs> I completely Andy, forgot. I'm gonna Andy will be playing gonna, that later. I'm gonna end up loading a save from like. 
12 hours ago or something like that to come back through it all. I'm going to have to check this out. Okay. Thank you for that, James. That's, that's no good problem. No problem. That's <laughs> don't what I'm don't you for. think this is where the, the game's at its best, though? Like, when it gives you these fun environments and it gives you loads of bodies that you can just pummel yeah. away and you can just do all these fun things Definitely. and pick up all these random weapons. Like, it's, it's when I find the game so much fun... Like yeah, it's like totally. a playground of violence. Yeah. Yep. And it's also I think the fact that the um there's all these different skills that you can learn. They've all got yeah. some quite specific conditions to activate them. And I, I guess clearly you could if you wanted could try and orchestrate the fight in such a way that you're able to do them intentionally. But I think what's actually in some respects actually to me more appealing is the fact that you will just come across these organically in the sense that you'll have added them yeah. to your skill set. And then at some point in the fight, just by pressing that button or being stood next to a certain item or whatever it may be, you'll that that's how you'll you'll discover the move rather than you actually sort of intentionally trying to do it. Uh, that's funny. So you can discover moves like that, can you? Just just almost by accident. Well, yeah. So I mean, you can you you can learn them in the sense that, and so I mean, all these new moves that you can learn. I mean, for example, one of them is I've now learned a move where I th- um, if somebody's blocking and I've got my heat. I've charged up my heat bar. Yeah, is it by pressing one? He now basically, I think he gouges them in the eye now yes. to um, to yeah. get them to drop their guard. And then what he does after that is other some sort of equally painful move that he then follows it up with. But um, and then there's another one that I've got. Like if I'm in beast mode, where I'll it, it says it'll dislocate their shoulders and then basically yep. start doing some mud hole stomping on them as well. But again, there's quite specific conditions for them. Or oh, there's another one. I think if they're stood next to a wall, that he'll. I think pushes them against the wall and like kicks them and breaks their leg and things like this. I mean, it's like, you know, some some pretty <laughs> pretty violent stuff. But it, <laughs> all of these things have got some very specific conditions based on which style you're in, what the environment's yeah, doing, location yeah, of where the, the enemies yeah. are in relation to you. Some of them require yeah. three or four enemies around you, all this sort of stuff. So it might not be that yeah. you intend to do it, but it's almost like a, a little reward for just... Yeah. You know, the opportunity just presents itself yeah. and you get yeah, yeah. and then and yeah. it's obviously being tied to the heat bar I still would like I know I said before I still would like to play this game with an, uh, an infinite heat bar because I be think it would be so much fun so yeah. much fun and that's got to have been done though right like it'd be so easy I mean back in the days in the Mega Drive it'd be a game shot yeah, code, wouldn't yeah. it yeah. and then you'd <laughs> yeah. yeah or even the PS3 the PS3 had like action replay discs yeah, probably did. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Did, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm almost certain there's a PS2 chief for Infinite Heat, but it's less fun in the uh, in the original game. Yeah. yeah. So my my favorite heat action is uh, in fights with the the small gangsters. Is when you pick up one guy and and kind of like bumps his head into the other guy behind you. Yeah. Yes. You get two for one. Yeah. 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 They yeah. Go, yeah they both kind of like, like knock their heads <laughs> together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 A pair of coconuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're just missing that. Yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, we eventually. So yeah, this, this we go through. We go through this building. Eventually, get to uh, to face to face with Lau Kalong, uh, and he basically says that he's involved. He's got some deal going down. He's so, and this is where he says he sold the pendant to, to Nishki. So then we have this this one on one fight now with with Lau Kalong. It was a long one, but I, don't, I didn't have too much problem with this. This was where I ended up. I, I used the beast mode and then dotted around the arena. You've got these like 
stands with the vases on. So you yeah, can yeah. pick the vase up, smash in with that, then pick the stand up, smash in with that. And there's quite a few of these dotted around the room. And after what Ralph yeah. was saying about checking the environment for interactables, that definitely mm. helps with, with this That's one. exactly what I did with this yeah. one as well. Yeah, the combination of that using the appropriate heat move when you've got the opportunity to do so, and yeah. then like I say, mm. just using these objects and pieces. I, I think this was probably an example of uh, a, a, quite a well-balanced and enjoyable fight. Out of the three mm. boss encounters that we've got in this, this one was by far away the best of them. I actually quite enjoyed this one. It went on long enough but not too long um, I always felt like I was kind of making progress in the fight and his move set didn't feel like a particularly cheap move set either I thought it was sort of he, he, he was it, exceedingly easy wasn't he I mean maybe that's it, why it I was, liked it yeah no, no challenge <laughs> boss fight if you ask me it, 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 for me it, it was funny that you just said this was a, a balanced boss fight because this is for me an example of how this game is is horribly horribly balanced because we just come from a boss fight that was tough as nails almost impossible for me at least and, and not that much fun then we come to this it's slightly long very very easy i didn't even go into beast mode because uh, brawler mode was enough i just went around and picking the same stuff up and beat him with that and after a while he died uh, so, so this i think maybe i used one energy drink not sure if i yeah. used any actually maybe so, it was, so. it was c- compared to the fight before it, it was not yeah it was yeah night and did I, I should probably i should probably clarify that magic like when i say something's balanced i mean it's massively weighted in my favor <laughs> and i've got there's, okay. no, there's no chance i'm gonna lose something that that's what i consider balanced in life true true that was it was really really well balanced this yeah fight. i like yeah, it yeah <laughs> so i try to live a balanced life <laughs> The, the thing I like most about this fight, again, and, and I don't, I remember very little. He had two big swords, didn't yeah. he, this fellow? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. You All break the big them, weapons you, come out. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, does he drop them? I seem to remember him in, do you know one of the things I love in any game is using an enemy's weapon against them? I, yes. That's just yeah. all, never fails Horizon. to be. Horizon, that was beautiful. I was just going to say. Shooting like, up yes. those huge cannons, picking them up. Yeah, yeah against the thunder the jaws. Yeah. Oh, how good was that? Like, that is so satisfying to be able to turn mm. their own weapons against them. Yep. I'm sure in this fight, I'm sure that he, after a while, he drops the either at least one maybe even both of these swords and then you right. can pick it up and yep. and that's good that is that's that never fails to amuse nope. uh, and Harrick is sitting there isn't she in the room as she's you know she's bound and sitting there at the table which is whilst you're fighting him which is which again is pretty cool hmm. i missed that she was in the PlayStation yeah PlayStation. I, I couldn't i can tell you one way or the other i don't remember no i, I didn't know you can she's sitting at like the like a boardroom table, isn't there, in the middle of the room, and you yeah. fight around it. Yeah. She's sitting at the top of the table, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Hmm. Yeah, no, I did. I totally missed that. It's weird, you just get so in the zone, don't you, with with what you're doing, you, you miss it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I certainly was, yeah. Yeah, but you, uh, but when, when you beat... After this fight comes the highlight of, of this episode, if you ask me. Do you think? What, he goes, he goes into prison? Oh no! The, the car he gets, chase scene. He gets scene. arrested, doesn't he? Isn't the car chase scene here? No, oh, no, not yeah, just, yeah, not is, just yeah. yet. We we rescue. In a yeah, minute. we we rescue Haruka first, and yeah. then yeah, then we get put into prison. Oh yeah, of course, yes. Because uh, we they they say we kidnapped Haruka. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the police turn up. They accuse mm. Kiryu of of taking Haruka and then put Kiryu in prison. 
Harrogate, I think, doesn't this, he? This guy's dodgy, isn't he? The pseudo, yes, this pseudo, is pseudo, pseudo yes. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he basically dodgy, tells, yeah. he basically tells Kiryu he's not getting out of prison. Uh, and then, yeah. Who is it who turns up? I think it's Date is is having an argument, isn't he, with pseudo? And then we see uh, Harukas chatting to to Kiryu. Yeah, and then Date arrives after that to get uh, Kiryu out of prison. But yeah, Sudo basically tells him he's never getting out, and then suddenly Date comes along and gets him out. We don't see the in between bit. I don't remember seeing the in between bit. No, no there wasn't, I think I Date think, yeah. makes. Doesn't Date make a comment to basically say this is the end of him in the police? Yeah, like he's you know, yeah. I think he said he was getting fired anyway or whatever. So it yeah. was um, this is his kind of yeah. And that and then it goes straight into the escape. Then that's in right. The car. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. Then we uh, then we get the escape. Date realizes that uh, this. He talks about uh, they're in the car talking, and Date mentions this sort of secret government organization known as the MIA, the Ministry Intelligence Agency, and then they're yes. being run by this person called uh, Jingu, who we I don't think we've met yet, uh, but he realizes then that we're being tailed all the way from from the prison, and then it goes into this uh, the, the car chase scene. I really enjoyed this as well, Mads. Really enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. It's just Virtual Cop Simulator. It was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you guys did it in the first go as well? No. No? <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, I, I was just... I had the perfect run of this. I I almost died, but I didn't, and, and it just felt good. I, I, I shot everybody. I got it in the first go. I'm sure I would have hated it if, like, one of our listeners, I forget, was a Morpin, perhaps, who had to do it five times before he got through it. Then, then yeah, it, it wouldn't. Have, we talked about yeah. this so many times before. When, when, when stuff is balanced just right for you, and, and you get that feeling of, well, of getting through something that was tough, but in the first go, and it, it just felt narratively right as well. I, yeah. I had that here, so I had so much fun with this sequence. Uh, I was multiple attempts at this. Yeah, I got same. A bit okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept okay. dying right at the end, the bit where you yes. got the guy on the rock with the rocket launcher. Yes, but then you okay. had to do the whole thing again. I yes, thought because that's it, yeah. there was there was that there was that slight splinter because initially you're obviously being tailed and it's just teaching you the basics. So it's just cars, motorbikes, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Then it throws in some rocket launchers, and then it goes to the cutscene where this big truck pulls up behind you. And I thought that's yeah. fine. That'll be the the checkpoint effectively. And I probably I based on how many hits it took taxi to, to beat the level, I probably wasn't that far off taking the truck out but then died and I thought oh that's fine I can I'll get it this time because I know basically what his pattern is but you had to go right back to the start it's not a particularly wow. long level but um the classic mistake of if you get so close to doing something the first time I was then rushing it for the next few attempts yeah. and getting, yeah. getting myself more yeah. and more frustrated with it but there's something about it that just it tapped into something from 20 odd years ago of just yeah. the the reticle being around each of the targets. I said like, the only thing yeah. that is missing right now is me having a light gun in my hand it's with some force exactly. feedback. That was my thought as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game would have been absolutely perfect, but um, mm. it's a really cool section, all the same. So, and I, I like just a really unexpected change of pace. I was not yeah. anticipating that in any way, yeah, shape, no. or form. Obviously, we had no idea. That's the nice thing about playing these games is that, you know, uh, when you're playing them after the fact, is that you won't necessarily know any of the surprises. And, yeah, what a nice breath of fresh air, because sometimes 
things like this in a game can be a bit hit or miss, but oh, this one was absolutely, the, the, this one was right on the money for me. It, it did turn into a proper arcade game yeah. didn't it, for like yeah. 15 minutes because it even gives you like a combo counter. Yeah. Or it does, uh, does it on Kiwami tell you like how many consecutive mm, hits you've landed? I don't oh, think I so. I didn't no. notice so, that, no. no. So on the, on the PS2 version, it gives you, like it doesn't give you a score. But it gives it tells you like if you land multiple hits without missing, it kind of mm-hmm. gives you a, com- a an increase in combat counter. Uh, okay. So I was like, which is really cool because it's like right, I'm up to like nine hits consecutive. I really don't want to miss now. Okay. My yeah. one gripe with it, which I don't think because I kind of rummage around the menus doing so, is that you couldn't invert the Y axis, which is the only way that I play games. Yeah, and I was, yeah, I was, yeah. so I, that was my excuse. Again, there's an excuse for everything, and <laughs> is it because I couldn't invert the y-axis on this? Then that was what was holding back my performance. I would have done it first time like Mads. However, yes, of course, of course. But I can <laughs> yeah, see how that would be a problem. Anyone who inverts the y-axis is just yeah. weird, aren't they? Really? Oh, yeah. no, it's, it's the only way to play things. It's uh, yeah, I, I, I literally can't, I can't play a game that I can't invert it on, no matter what. Anyone would think you're a pilot. It's a good job <laughs> yeah. that you are used to. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah. Also, yeah. Because if you did it the other way, you well, know, there's only it. one way yeah, to play. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Out of self-preservation is that I do not want to go down when I intend to go up. <laughs> yeah, Andy's, the, the system's saying, pull up, pull up. And Andy said, you don't pull up, you push up. You they push haven't up. inverted the Y-axis. I can't fly it. <laughs> I was listening to a computer game show uh, podcast episode ages ago and uh, they, they referred to people that invert as perverts <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that that's fine that's, that's quite, that's quite a, lot, a lot of truth in that yeah a perverted inverter that's me <laughs> do you know the one thing that did annoy me a little bit like I don't know it might be different in comedy but in the in the PS2 version like your camera moves in like 45 degree increments so you can be looking down the road behind you you can then go fully side on and then you can be looking down the road in front of you but you can't like you don't have free range over the camera so quite often the vehicles are kind of in between the two camera angles and you can't get to them which is where any time a game like this or you know the the design of it is limited by not using a light gun where you can literally go from one side of the screen to the other on this you've all, you've got to physically yeah. move your reticle across and there's a, obviously a slight lag yeah. while you do so you know compared yeah. to what you can do with the light guns we can literally just snap it to the other side of the screen because yeah, yeah there was that way where sometimes you kind of and I, I think it was somebody was saying as much in the discord is that you could you know you can learn the pattern it's the same pattern each time so you know yeah. that you can basically be sort yeah, of you, you, can, you can be sat there waiting for for them to appear onto the screen but um yeah it would uh yeah it, it was a minor gripe for how much fun yeah. this section was as a whole yeah yeah it was it was fun like i was dreading this given roushi given it quite the build-up hadn't he because he he'd been talking about how difficult this is on legendary difficulty. Uh, okay. there's no checkpoints throughout the whole chapter mm. so oh, if you fail this you go right back to the very start oh my goodness oh, i'm God, sure that that's what he horrible. said oh uh, and i was i to be honest I, I knew something was coming up i didn't know what but i was i was really not looking forward to this and uh, after playing it, I was like, I want to play that chapter again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminded me of uh, the. Can you remember the old Silent Scope games as well? Oh, I yeah, loved Silent yeah, Scope. Yeah. Silent Scope was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
So then we go into chapter 10, Shape of Love. And this this one starts off with a really cool cutscene. I thought it was cool anyway. And it's the first time in Kiwami we see Nishiki being like this actual badass. Um, He's building. Yeah, yeah, this is class, I thought. Nishiki's on his own. And then Matsusugi arrives looking for him and starts laying into him, basically just winding him up and goading him about Kiryu, I think it was. Uh, and then Nishki sort of walks up to him. He's got a, a knife in his hand, plants it into his stomach and tells him that it was him who killed Sohei uh, Dojima right back, right at the start. Um, and then Nishki basically says, oh, what's the difference between killing one or two? And then he vows basically like he's going to sort of take it all the way to the top. And that's the, no, you're not sort of seeing him anymore, sort of whimpering on the floor, apologizing to people. He's, yeah. Yeah, as badass as Kiryu's been all the way through the game. Now Nish- Nishiki is is starting to to show that side as well. Yeah, I, I do love a good villain. I love a good villain. Yeah, yeah, I love a good. And villain. just to, just to really force home the point, obviously, when he he basically pulls this um, dagger up through him, doesn't he, and sprays the blood of it, and yeah. slicks his hair back yeah. with his blood. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't get more badass than that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I think. Uh, a good guy is only as good as the villain. Do you know what I mean? If, if yeah. you've got a rubbish villain, then 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 they fall down, don't they? I, I think anyway. You need you need that you need a good you need a good villain, a good yin yeah. to the yang, as it were. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, definitely yeah. becoming that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Again, don't see any of that in the PS2 version. Oh, oh okay. really? With, mm, okay. Yeah, which is a real shame. As I said to you last time, like Nishki's a really kind of one-dimensional character. Okay. Uh, you don't get any of that character building. It is a real shame. Yeah. Oh, that is a shame because it feels like it's quite a big, a, a really significant sort of plot point. But I don't know if that's purely yeah. because we've had that other side of it in, in Kiwami where we've seen him sort of being all apologetic and being used and, and everything else. Yeah, it's the characterization of him, isn't it? Like in this, as I said, in this, he's just someone who just comes on, chews the scenery and goes off mm. again. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Date, Haruka and Kiryu are all back in Kamarocho now. Uh, and Shinji basically tell, says that, that to Kiryu that someone's been leaking information. And then we have to go to the florist now, basically. He's, we're going to try and find out who's been the, the mole, if you like. <laughs> I don't know how no one's noticed this, but somehow there's there's a camera right above the bar in uh, in the scene. <laughs> of course there is. Yeah, of course there is. And uh, they basically watch the footage of um, of Raina, who's who's yeah, been leaking leaking all the information to Nishki right underneath this camera. <laughs> don't we? Do we find out here or in the car on the way there that it wasn't Mizuki who? Was it wasn't Mizuki's body? So that comes I think it was a little, little bit later on. I think. I think it was in the car on yep. the way back from Yokohama, wasn't it? Mm. He was definitely driving in the car with Dati and, and Haruka. Yeah, because Haruka's yeah. just sitting in the back, being like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, exactly." You only told me five minutes ago she was dead, but okay, <laughs> you just kind of tear my emotions apart. Mm. I'm sure because when they're looking at the CCTV, one of the things that they're talking about is the fact that we were told that Mizuki had died. Yeah. So I think it is before we get to the uh, mm. to purgatory. Oh, okay. 
big, big plot point, and I've missed that from my nose. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> is it a big plot point, though? Yeah, it might be. Well, it feels like it is. I, does, yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. Unless I'll probably come back. I've probably written it in the, out of order or something. Who knows? Written it in candy or something. <laughs> yeah. Right, so so basically, I've, having found out who the mole is, Date and Kiryu now, we have to go over to the Serena bar. Uh, when we get there, though, that it's completely empty. There's a note on the bar from, from Raina, Rena, basically just apologising uh, and, and saying that... that, that yeah, she'd been leaking information and that she was going to go and sort of try and put it right. At this point, Shinji calls up and tells him that, that Raina was the mole, which we already knew. Um, but Kiri, uh, Shinji has, has been there in between. So Shinji's in a, in a pretty bad way now at this point. And uh, when Kiryu goes outside of the bar, there's like a trail of blood that we then have to follow yeah. to catch up with Shinji and uh, yeah. Reina. They've been attacked by Nishiki's men, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Reina right. has lured. So basically, to try and make amends, Reina has lured Nishiki to the bar, tried to shoot him. It's gone wrong. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. And then, yeah, Reina and Shinji. Have, have both ended up wounded and are, are, are basically on the run. And uh, and Kiryu has now got to go and find them, <laughs> like following this trail of blood through Camarocco. It's quite good. Like, Are you still cold on the plot overall, Mads? Yeah, I have to say. It, no. It's, it's yeah. just soap opera stuff. It doesn't really do it anything is, for me. It is me. very much yes. so. And, and, and with all the... I mean, every, every time there is a plot twist... It just feels so contrived. It's, it's just a plot twist that you expect to be there. <laughs> so it's it's very very soap opera. I think the real narrative here is um, that I I got to I think it's called rank S with Yui in this playthrough. <laughs> so uh, that's the story. That's that's uh, that's something worth telling. Actually, um, is that I assume that that is the highest rank, Mads? You've You've reached. I, I, th- I, I guess I, I got that nice little video <laughs> clip of her uh, jumping around in the bed. That's why I was looking at the bed be- behind Jim there and uh, fantasizing about I, him jumping right, around yeah, on that. You did, your eyes didn't glaze over minute, for a while. Yeah. He probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> what does S? St- what does S stand for, Matt? <laughs> I've got no idea, mate. <laughs> Maybe it's A rank. I don't remember what it's called. But uh, at least I've I've got her maxed out. Well, but I, 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 well, I don't want to get too excited here, Mads. But I think if it's anything like what you do with Majima, is I think you can get triple S with Majima. So I'm not sure you're done with her yet. So when you get to this stage Mads with the hostesses, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happens. Then what happens is that you you get this nice little pervy video clip, and then it tells you you can get something that's even more branchier than that but you need to beat the the hostesses at different games while you're dating them i i don't think i want to spend any more time dating them so i'm probably not going to see those final video clips but uh yeah is that yourself or us you're trying to convince mads (laughs) you've come this far mads Uh, myself myself (laughs) (laughs) so i'm probably going to end up next time booting it up uh, being bored by the actual game and start going out with dewey instead yeah, again. You're our Mr. Hostess. You need to go and do that and tell us what happens because I tell you, I'm swear to God, I'm not going near one of those hostesses. <laughs> Last time I was in there, I spent about 300,000 yen and Raker basically told me to piss yeah. off. 
yeah, you got to behave nicely, Chris. Yeah, Chris, Chris, just, Chris just had fresh meat just written throw on her money in there. <laughs> she moaned about my clothes. I bought. I then bought her some expensive champagne, which she did like. But then I bought her some food. She didn't like that. And basically everything I said, she was just like, oh, "Well, yeah, I'm not really into that." And then she said, "Please don't come back." It's just like real life. <laughs> nice. real life I did. Do you know what I thought? I, I thought I've been on enough bad dates in my life in real life. The last thing I want to do is go on them in this blooming game. Well, this is this is your chance I'm to make not. amends for it all, Chris. You could you could you could put it all to bed quite literally. You could be the gigolo. Yeah, literally. Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Have you guys been to the massage parlor? We're, we're awfully digressing here. But... No. no. Have you not? Have you not been to the massage parlor where like? You get and like you walk in and they say, "Oh, like there's no dirty stuff here." Honestly, you know no. On pink, on pink Street. No, no, I haven't seen it. No, I'll make a note. So, let me just Pink Street. <laughs> so you walk in, you walk in. It's like, oh, you know, it, this is a genuine business. You know, there's no, there's no funky stuff goes on here. And you say, okay, and you pay for a massage. And then next thing, like this, this woman walks out. You know, it's like that sea cup mission. You know, mm. this woman walks out. You know, wearing next to nothing, and she's like, "Oh, come for the massage then." And then you play this really weird mini game that I haven't figured out how to do, where you've got to stop yourself from falling asleep. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're being massaged, and you've got to tap these buttons in time to stop you to to regulate your heartbeat to stop yourself yeah. from falling asleep. Go, re- go regulate the so, blood flow. Yes, so you can have a good time. And then, so the few times I've done it, I've fallen asleep. And then the the masseuse says, "Oh, that was a shame, wasn't it?" And then I'm gonna have to ask you to wonderful. leave. Yeah, <laughs> and you pay about fifty thousand yen for it. Oh God! And then you leave. It doesn't even replenish your that health. Sounds like a terrible mini game. Mm. No. Well, I tell you what's not a terrible yeah. mini game though. Before we go off and follow this blood trail, Misu King. <laughs> oh, I haven't gone back to that. <laughs> yes, we, we promi- I promised. You promised, you I promised, promised Mads we'd Misu cover King's it. In the- so before we yeah, go true. off and uh, before we before we go off and find Reina and uh, and Shinji, shall we shall we go deep on Misu King? <laughs> Give us yeah. the tactics. Come it's on, the way choice to do of it. words, mate. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm all over this. I love you know me. I love a card battling game. So basically, mm. we we find these cards. There's there's two different types of cards. One's a one's a character, and then another type of card is a move. So basically, the character will be a shall we say a scantily clad lady dressed as an insect, and then a move is generally like a wrestling move. And we get this rock, paper, scissors bout to that's that's basically like you get like a little health bar along the top, like a one on one fighter where rock, paper, scissors, and then they're basically they'll they'll fight to the death. It's good, isn't it? Yep. It's my sort of card battler. (laughs) My sort of card battler. Although I've got to the stage now. So you go to Club Sega basically to, to get the this is a little bit dodgy, isn't it? So basically you pick fights against kids. Which is a little yep. bit, a little bit, but yeah, don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you you pick fights against these kids, but I've got to a point in it now where they're telling me I've got to go and find more cards before I can fight anyone new. But I've, I've found loads of cards, but for whatever reason, I'm still not getting any new fights. Do you have that uh, card locator thing uh, on you? 
you can get a card located from one of the keys you pick up, the locker keys. So you get this thing you can just equip, and then it'll say there's this little beep, beep, when you're getting close to a, to a card. So that's the same so, as... Same oh, as the key the, locator. As the key as locator. There's a key locator yeah, as well, yeah. 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 No, I don't so think I I've work, got I, I've been... I've been wearing that card locator because I got to that point as well quite quickly. Actually, that's only after winning like three or four battles. I yeah, think. That, well, yeah. And you but get then to I a point where says you need you need more cards, then. and it's still happening. Yeah, I haven't gone back to Mesut King at all, so I don't know whether I've got enough cards now. But I picked up a lot of cards. I think. Yeah, I was like been finding them in trees and and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, how do you get the one in the tree down? I, I was at that park and, and I saw the the, the card in the tree. But uh, I, I you have to go into up. first person mode and and remember way back right to the start where you went in first person mode and look at those uh, paintings. You have to go mode. into first person mode and look at the the card that's in the tree, and then that will trigger the, the collect. I, I, I forgot about that. I yeah. have com- you have just reminded me. Yeah, that is the only time in the game that I've used that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, well, it's a good, I'll have good to try that then. Yeah, fun little game. It's got some quality music as well. I mean, it's totally it's batshit yes. crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, but mm. so is it based on a real game? It's based on real physics, at least. <laughs> it's definitely based on real <laughs> physics. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of time went into the physics engine, I think. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't actually know. Because the 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 game that uh, when when you sort of you they're by this little machine, aren't they? And it looks like one of the Dino King arcade games. Mm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, mm. I don't know if there's a Misu King. Yeah, that's what came to mind when you were talking about it just then, actually. Because obviously, I've ne- I've never played this. Um, so that I did think about that Dino King car battle game when you were talking yeah. about it. There's no Misu King in in your game. There's no Misu King in the original. No. Oh, poor. Chris, yeah, nope. there's some some key content that's missing. Yeah, well, this is why he's been yep. going to the Jim, massage parlors. Is that where parlors. you got the? Um, is that where you got sure. the play out song from in the in our last? No, our that last was episode. a karaoke. So that was a karaoke track. Oh, see, there's none of that either. That song was amazing. It was, yeah. <laughs> and unless you when you're when you're singing it though, you get uh, like little prompts. And as you make the prompts, you get like yeah. a little sort of a sound to tell you you've made the prompt. So when you sing in it, you yeah. get these like little like button noises as you sing in it. So it doesn't sound as good as that. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, missed out on that too. Yeah, so apparently it is. It's based on um, uh, Mushi King, the King of Beatles, which is a. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is actually a, a real game. So there we are. Oh, there we go. I don't know how. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's along the same lines or not, but. Uh, I might have to. Oh yeah! Oh, look at this! It's an actual, again, dreadful viewing or dreadful listening rather. But you get like that, like you see, just like the. Um, you probably can't see it very well there, but it's like the. Uh, it's like the proper like Mushi King. Uh, yes. I see. Oh, it's, 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 it's just like the Dino King cabinet there. Great. I'll look out for that next year. I know what my yeah. TB search tonight is going to be. Give us some. Uh, give us some <laughs> feedback, Chris, on location. On on location for playthrough in Tokyo, yeah. <laughs> as, of, as of as of two thousand and eight, more than one hundred thousand tournaments. Two thousand and eight, so that shows how out of date these statistics are. But even back then, more than a hundred thousand tournaments had been held, with twenty million cards having been shipped. And uh, the game made it into the Guinness World Records with the highest number of tournaments held for an arcade game. No way! Wow! Okay. There you go. Uh-huh. 
and then coming to you next year. So, so the gaming, well, so the gaming Kiwami is based on the real life game, then not the other way around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So coming to a Japanese arcade next year, Chris is going to be squaring up to children in arcades to play Music King. I'll just smash them in the face. He's <laughs> <laughs> a heat move on them. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, <laughs> right, Trail of Blood. We've got a Trail of Blood outside this year's Serena Bar. We've got to follow it. And... I got lost. I don't know about anyone else, but basically you get this phone call from Shinji and he says he's somewhere near Millennium Tower. So you sort of head in that direction following this blood trail. But as you go, you're getting random battles and I kept getting like turned around in these random battles and going back the way I came and I was getting lost and getting myself into a right old tiz. I did something very similar right up until the point where the blood stopped and I thought that's... I've taken the wrong turn. And so I basically had I taken probably literally another 10 steps forward, it would have triggered what it ultimately triggers. But I thought I can't see mm-hmm. that. I can't see more bloodstains here. I must have taken the wrong turn. So I doubled back and retraced my steps the whole way back the other way. I then realized that that wasn't doing anything either. So came all the way back again whilst going through multiple other random battles. And it was only when you went just, be- just beyond that last puddle of blood wasn't it that it actually triggers the the next sequence that's yeah so this for me was the perfect example of why random battles destroy flow in any video game really you have a sense of urgency look at i mean you have the narrative here you have a sense of urgency you need to go rescue these people he's bleeding out he's probably going to be dead in 10 minutes but what we do nah we pick fights with random street thugs and spend hours doing that while we're waltzing away through the city and hey hey there's Yui I might go date her because I'm doing random battles anyway and kiss off with Yui and uh, then back onto the trail oh wait I was looking oh there's blood everywhere of course I need to go this way oh random battle here we go (laughs) it's just I mean it it destroys any attempt of having a narrative in the game this kind of thing Yeah. so uh, for me this was (laughs) extremely annoying but of course, I did the random battles because I had to, and and I felt like the random battles were even ramped up at this point. They they were more than you usually well, they, run into, and that's that's a fact. They are because they are Nishki's gang are on the streets. So when you're fight, when you get okay. you know your screen to tell you who you're fighting, you're not just fighting any just random yakuza or street hoodlums. I'm, I'm sure that I was as well. Well, you might have been, but you would mm. definitely have come up against Nishki's gang, okay. which are harder yeah. random battles. Yeah. And I don't think are random. I think they're scripted, depending on yeah. where you walk. Yeah, I, I think I had those, but a lot of... I, I felt like I had a lot of those regular. easy, regular, random battles as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you probably did. And I ended yeah. up in like... And a- I did actually stub, up, stub off just to visit Yui because I was, <laughs> was on my way there. <laughs> <laughs> Drop another two hundred and fifty grand yeah. on her. Yeah, <laughs> I ended Keep that up S in a, rank. I ended up in a side <laughs> mission as well. This ended up so, so like you say, Madge, you've got this urgency. You, you're trying to catch up to these people that, that you mean a lot to to Kiryu. They're dark, they're bleeding mm. out, and then I, I ended up in this side mission where he, Kiryu gets involved in this like domestic argument. And and okay. so you end up beating up. So this this guy is having a domestic with his with his partner. 
Kiryu ends up in a fight with him, and then it's, big, it's actually called the big-headed guy, the big-headed man yeah, or something. Yeah, the, man, the, man, yeah, the yeah. man with the big head. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Raushu about this on Discord. This is one of the, the cutscene is probably one of the most amusing cutscenes that there's been in the game so far, <laughs> I think. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, so then... The, the the guy with the big head threatens to beat the guy up even more. Kiryu's like, oh no no, we just it was a misunderstanding. Then the police arrive and <laughs> and basically go to arrest Kiryu and the big headed man because the big headed man is like dropping Kiryu in it, saying, oh yeah, you know we were going to fill him in. And then Kiryu, oh, it's just the most bizarre thing. Yeah, and then the policeman asks him to explain what happens, and then Kiryu says, well, I got involved because he was going to beat up his wife, and then the guy with the big head says, I got involved because he was going to get involved about beating up the guy with his wife, so I was going to beat him up for beating the guy up with his wife. And it just goes round and round in this circle. It yeah. is, uh, it's, and he's, he obviously, he's, he's obviously based on a real person. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen yeah, this in the Discord Jim, chat. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. A really fascinating life. Um, mm-hmm. A really fascinating guy. Full stop. Actually, you should read just his uh, his little wiki page. It's, um, but uh, yeah, it's. It, but it, there's. It's quite a. It's not. It's not a short side mission. This one. No. No, no. You end up taking the guy out to town to to do all sorts of different things, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And then you ultimately end up having to take him to the battle arena and fighting him in the battle <laughs> arena up in purgatory because that's kind of the... Meanwhile, your mate's bleeding out on the street somewhere. <laughs> and are, are you doing all this while he's while he's bleeding out? Well, Jim was. Yeah, you just go off and you can do, do the side mission, yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. That is weird, that is weird yeah, isn't it? Bizarre. Yeah. So, sorry, I don't know if you... Did you say, Mad? So, um, Shinichi Shinohara is his name. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, he's... Yeah, as you see, um, there's a, a whole lot of information on a, on a wiki page about him. But, uh, well, that, if you get the opportunity to do that side mission, you, you have to do that one. It's great. So... <laughs> uh, I'll look yeah. out for that in the PS2 version. I've not come across it. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have to go over to the champion district. And again, I'm, I'm completely lost. I'm in these random battles. I'm following trails of blood backwards and forwards. I keep ending up at the Serena bar. And I, I checked a guide then. I'm like, right, where have I got to go? And and basically you have to go over to, was it the hotel district? When you get near the hotel district, that will trigger a phone call from Shinji who tells you that he's in an abandoned building. And then you go into the abandoned building. Mm. You just have to follow the blood trail, Jim. It's, it's yeah. quite easy. Yeah, the blood trail stops. <laughs> you just need, you need to follow it in, in the right direction. Yeah. Don't move forward and then get turned around and move back again. Oh, mate, I was having a nightmare. <laughs> I, I was exactly the same, Jim. There, there, there was no further blood trail to follow, so I followed the blood trail until the blood trail stopped and I stood on top of it and nothing happened. And then you've got. I don't, know, I don't have enough and... wherewithal about me to just continue in the same path, along the same path. You've got all these people as well telling you how, how like these, these the people have like uh, Shinji and uh, Rainer have just gone through and they're in a really bad way, and and then I'm mm. sort of yeah getting lost and oh nightmare <laughs> absolute nightmare. But then we go into this abandoned building. So you know this abandoned building. You know I was telling you last time about the side mission with Haruka where the, the people are on the roof. The guys on the roof. 
the jumper. Oh yes, one, and the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The hostess comes and pulls him down. This, so this is the same building. This is the building you oh, go into. With okay, Haraka. yeah. So I'd definitely okay. not been in here before. And it is a very random building. Yeah. And again, we're sort of making your way through the building. You're fighting Nishki's people. And this is I. I was it? I can't remember. It was now. You're saying that it. You thought it went on a little bit too long, but I quite enjoyed this. And this is where you're like throwing them through the doors and yeah. you fight them, and they'll they'll drop a gun, so then you can pick the gun up and use the gun on them. And yeah, I enjoyed this part. Yeah, yeah this part's cool. This, this part's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I went into this building, I didn't realize that I was triggering a sequence. So. In fact, I don't even think I realised that this is where Shinji was, or maybe it did, because I think he says, oh, this is where the blood He tells is. you he's up on the roof, but, doesn't he? I think when you get to the first set of steps, he says, I'm, I'm heading up to the roof. Yeah, he does. Mm. So I had no health recovery items other than in my inventory at this Ooh. point. So I, other than Ouch. the ones you pick up within the building, mm. I had nothing, basically nothing in the inventory. Uh, so I... I did this bit twice. <laughs> oh, yeah that's, yeah, that's tough. And the second time round, once you know the routes, you can actually skip most of it. Okay. You can actually, If you just go straight to the stairs that you know you need to go yeah, to, okay. you can skip a lot of the battles. Uh, yeah. oh, I didn't know. I was making, I was making it. Pun- no matter how... Sorry, Eddie? Yeah, I was going to say, I was making a point of doubling back to go through the different rooms here to, to make sure you had all the fights. You don't want to mess out on them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice that no matter how you dispatch of the the final guy, I mean, no matter what you do with, as your final move, he always ends up being thrown through a door yes. in the cutscene. Yeah. So I had lots of fun fun uh, fights where I'd end off like uh, stomping some guy on his head. Yeah. And then there's a cutscene showing me sh- shoving him through a door instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. you're a man pretty, getting, pretty getting thrown <laughs> off the balcony, Jim. It's yeah, that's of, it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Picking up some some broken body just to then punch him in the face <laughs> and throw him through a door because that's what you need to do to open the door. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, I enjoyed this. We get up to the roof eventually, and then we get loads of these. I do love a good, I do love a good like badass jump scene. So we get loads of like loads of these that way. Kiryu's yeah, like jumping yeah. between the roofs and stuff. Mm, uh, yeah. And eventually, you sort of catch up to Sh- Shinji, uh, and then a, a character uh, Arase is that how you pronounce it? Arase. Yeah, yeah. Him and his men arrive. Reina, he's basically Reina looks like she's dead. And Shinji's not. Yeah, but she is. Yeah, I think, she, she is. I don't think we know just yet, do we? He sort of Kiryu sort of runs over to her. Um, yeah, and then he gives it that no, doesn't he? So that, that that dramatic. He goes all incredible. Hulk, yeah, doesn't he, he does. He? Yeah, that? yeah, I love that. Brilliant. It's like he proper, he proper. Like, what's the wrestler who used to have a? Um, there was a wrestler who used to like eat eat snap. Mark uh, Ken Shamrock. Oh, Kenny Shamrock. Ken yes, Shamrock. and he'd snap and he'd just go nuts. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it reminded yeah. me of. I thought he was going to bring up the Hulk, and he sort of do do the Hulk hulking up. <laughs> yeah, it did it's exactly yeah. what it seemed. Who is who is this guy, by the way? This Arase. Who does he work for? He's um, so he's the Nishikiyama family sergeant. Ah, okay, so he's right. So okay, one of, the, one of the top bods. Looks a bit like the Rock. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Yeah. Yeah. Very quick, very quick. As we're about to find out, um, yeah, Shinji's not far off dead, and then 
we go into the uh, this this fight against Arase again. The, he, he's tough, isn't he? So he's he's got a gun. The first, so again, two two health bars. When you're fighting him with the first health bar, he'll just use his gun in like single shots. When you get him down to the mm, yeah. next health bar, he uses his gun in like an auto burst, and that'll do some real damage. But if you're, mm. I found that if I was using anything other than the rush move set, I couldn't lay a finger on him. No. You could occasionally no, trap him in the corner, and if you're in beast, you could just keep swinging, and a couple of them would connect, which obviously does quite a bit more damage than what the rush style did. So it was that kind of trade off between missing him, but and if you did connect, then you would do some damage to him fairly quickly. Whereas with the rush style, it was trying to actually you, you had more chance of catching him, but when you did, you weren't really doing a huge amount of damage to him. No, particularly during that latter phase. Mm. I found it so frustrating because I, I went into Rush because I, I tried the other styles, Brawler and, and stuff, uh, and I got just shot all the time. So I needed to be in Rush mode to dodge those shooting attacks. Yeah. And then when you finally, you, you dodge and you dodge and you dodge and you dance around him, when you finally connect with him, you hardly do any damage. So it took mm. forever and, and a lot of health uh, yeah. Yeah. items for me to get him down. Not an enjoyable fight at all. Did you do it first time? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think I did. I must have died a couple of times. You no, know, I did it first time, but it was only through the, sh- the amount of health packs that I'd got. I was the same because back when we were running through the streets, is it the the route actually of the blood trail brings you past that? Is it the Kotobuki drugstore, wherever it is? Yes. And so yeah. I went in there. Yeah. I just bought. I I, I stocked up, yeah, so I had plan. like a, a really good. <laughs> split off both health items and heat items um, but I don't th- yeah. think oh no I must have been able to because he he did go into his sort of recharge modes and that's basically where I was doing the majority of the damage you're just sort of trying to tag him now and again in the rush mode and then it was when he sort of just to get into reason, going he, to a charge mode yeah yeah and then when he went into those I would just pause it say take a heat supplement use the heat mode attack on him and then that was pretty much where probably three quarters of his energy got taken off by doing that repeatedly yeah but i got him down to about the last few hits and i I just i don't know if it was deliberate or not or if i was panicking and just changed up my my play style i couldn't get a hold of him for the last few hits (laughs) and uh, i i was still in even when i was in rush i don't know if it was just because i knew that you know, two more punches, three more punches, and he was done. But uh, I was chasing him round and round and round, and I yeah. couldn't land those last few blows. And then he kept shooting me, and I'd have to pause it and top up the health. I was like, if I die at this stage, this is going to be a tough he, ass yeah. to come back and do it again. Because he stuns you as well, doesn't he, when he hits you? Yeah. That's, yeah. What's, that's what's so frustrating, yeah. Yeah, that happens in boss fights, though, isn't it? When you see the end... Like you start being reckless and stupid. Yeah, you, you, you stop what you've been doing for the last in. ten minutes, despite the yeah. fact it's been working and got you to that point. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, you get yeah. desperate. The end's in yeah. sight. It is. <laughs> yeah. Was this an easy one on the PS2, Chris? Or uh, well, so first time I'd worked my way up there, and I'd used these uh, HP supplements that you find lying around, and then you find them in Kawami as well, but in. PS2, you find these like little HP supplements lying around. So that's what I was using to top myself up through going around all the fights in the building. So when I got to the boss fight, I had about a fifth of my health left and no oh, no health no. no health items. Like, yeah. So there's one HP supplement up there yeah. on the roof that you can pick up. 
So I reckon I tried this 20 times, this initially, probably about for about an hour. And half of them, I would just be killed almost immediately by his goons. Because the mm. goons, there's one guy who's got a gun who's shooting at you. And there's the other guys who are running around. So my strategy was go straight for the HP supplement, chug that, kill the goons, and then just dance around, you know, the air conditioning units that yeah. are up yeah. there on the yep. roof? yeah. Just kind of dance around them. And a couple of times I got him to within, I reckon, a third of his... So he only has one health bar on the PS2. I reckon I got him down to a third left. Nice. But then he start, he starts doing this move where he lies down. Like, okay. And that is, that's just a cheat mode, right? Because you can't lie down. I felt so unfair when he was doing that because it's basically impossible to avoid... <laughs> So he'll kind of skirt around you and then he'll kind of lie down on his side and shoot you from beneath. And I was getting so frustrated. It was like, I can't do that and I can't stop you from doing it. I was getting quite frustrated. So in the end, I rage quit and just like, (laughs) I'm so stupid because it takes 20 minutes to get up there. But I just couldn't turn it off. I was like, no, I need to do this. And I was like doing it with no health. Um, In the end, I I rage quit. And then went back to it the next day and um, stocked up at the pharmacy, went out, stocked up on the pharmacy, kind of got a, got a whole pack of uh, Starminans and ran up there and did it first time. And because I kind of knew all of his attacks and I knew how to dodge them from the hour I'd had the day before, yeah. I, be- I I barely got hit. Hmm. And uh, but this, But this, ironically... Is is the boss battle that I will remember when when we finish playing Yakuza? This is the one that I will remember, okay. just because it was the only one that's given me any kind of resistance, and that's only because I was so ill prepared. Hmm. Guns are underpowered, though, aren't they? Like, you know, it's weird. If for a regular for a regular enemy, you shoot them in the face point blank range, and you take off about a quarter of their health. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the ones. Yeah, that I think you... there's, there's quite a few I've done one hit kills with with the handguns. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. The ones that you pick up, or the ones I I find that the ones that you tend to pick up tend to be more powerful than the one that I've actually got in my weapon inventory. Yeah, yeah that could be it. Yeah. Mm. So, have you guys been to the uh, the arms dealer at the back in the basement of the porno shop? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, have, I, I was yeah. actually I, I was actually very disappointed about what the fact there was an arms dealer back there. I thought I was I thought I was under a good thing there because you get the um, <laughs> you get you get the secret password that you need you need to give to him, don't you? And then you go through the back yeah. and you, you basically can get all your weapons. You can buy, sell, and repair them. He's got a pretty good yeah. selection there. So he he sells a bulletproof vest, which I also bought because oh, nice. I I went and bought this bulletproof vest, and that basically breaks the um, that basically breaks the fight because he can't stun you. So when he shoots you, he doesn't knock you down and he doesn't stun oh, you. Oh, that'd be oh. good. Have. So you you take less damage and you don't get any kind of stun lock or anything like that. It just makes it completely trivial. Uh, that's handy to know. But they. That guy sells some really powerful guns. Like, there's one in there that's about 560,000 yen, um, which I've never had the money to buy, but that's like a pump shotgun or something like that, which I would hope would one-shot yeah. some of the regular baddies. How much money have you guys got? I've got about 3 million yen at the moment. 
so I've got loads of stuff in my inventory that I can sell. I've got like a painting and I found loads of these like valuables uh, that I've yeah, collected. Yeah, platinum from, like, the plates and, and the gold like plates and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But I've just stuck them in my inventory because I've got more than enough money than I need to be able to get supplies. And But yeah, so I've, not been, I've not been to the, the to the arms dealer for a while. So maybe I'll, I'll I'll sell off all my inventory and go to the arms dealer then. For right, I, 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 haven't, I haven't been to these hostess clubs. That's maybe why I've got three million. This is your yeah, problem. This is, this yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm kind of skint. I think I have about 100,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh... <laughs> Yumi, on, oh. Yumi, on the other hand, is, uh, she, she's, she's, driving, she's driving into meat bags each night in a Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need to get down the hostess clubs and start splashing some. Well, I've cash. got some big bucks. I can be a I can be a one night hero. That's for sure. The big mm. dog, the big dog. We'll, we'll... You'll get straight to Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look forward to finding out what happens then in uh, Andy's travels, evening travels in episode four, because that is that is the end of where. Oh, so no, tell a lie. Big two big plot points before we uh, before we finish up. Raina is has has died, and she, yeah, she, she is, is dead. dead isn't she? Yep, and uh, yeah. and Shinji as well. Sadly, sadly passes away. Um, yeah, before he, just before he he passes away, he reveals that uh, Kazumar. So basically, earlier in the game, he got Kazumar to us into into hiding after Kazumar had been shot, and he tells uh, Kiryu that that Kazumar has been left with a woman called Akimi. And then he gives uh, yeah. Kiryu the ring, Yumi's ring. So this ring that was engraved on the inside with with Yumi um, that Kiryu got for her for her birthday way, way back, right at the start of the game. So what's the deal with this ring then? I mean, what what like this ring just keeps coming back up. It was at the crime scene. He, well, yeah, Any I think theories? it's significant. It's just that he gave it to her to show her how much he meant to her, I think, for her birthday, wasn't it? But he had it. When he got arrested, he had the ring on him and he gave he, it he to picked Darte. it up, didn't yeah. he? He picked it up at the crime scene. So when she yes. when yeah. she got attacked um, by yeah. Dojima right back at the start, she I'm guessing she yeah. just dropped the ring in the room. And so he picked it up to basically get her out of any sort of trouble. Yeah, man. I, yeah, it seems very mm. significant, but I can't put my finger. Yeah, on I, I was thinking about it. Has the ring and the pendant ever been in the same location at the same time? Because does the pendant need a key to open it? Um, uh, no, I don't think I it has. Did, did you I was wondering have... if the two of them are in any way related. I don't know. Did you me have the pendant right back at the start? Well, no, Yumi gave Haruka the pendant, yeah. but we never seen it right at the start. So we never, that's what I mean, sorry, we've never seen Yumi wearing the pendant and the ring. No. 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 Nishiki has the ring, doesn't he, when he, at the meeting in Serena? Um, but then, um, somehow but then because he, but he, he just, he just bought the ring from that jeweler, didn't he, the French shop? Yes, yeah. Yep. Kiryu bought the ring from the yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, from the jeweler, and, and then, then oh god, this is way back at the start, isn't it? And then he gets the ring. Does he get the ring stolen? Yeah, and you have to go to that. It goes to yeah, the pawn shop, yeah, and you have to go through yeah, all that yeah, through all that yeah, sequence yeah. here. But yeah, so but, but as you say, I don't you know other than maybe the the emotional attachment, I don't know why they're playing because given that it was bought, mind you, because um, it was Yumi that told him there was a a ring in the shop that there's, she said. When he was trying to decide what to buy her, um, sorry, not Yumi, um, Raina. Raina. Raina said, "Oh, there's a there's a there's a ring that that uh, uh, that's kind of all the rage. Basically, everybody wants at the moment." And so she, yeah. it was her that told him that that ring was there, didn't mm. she? And he yeah. went, he then he then went and bought it. Was it was is it you know was that was that a setup? She told him what what to buy from which shop to get it into his hands. Who knows? I think there's definitely something in that. Like, I think it could be the key to the pen. Well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, if it's somewhere that sort of works as a to unlock it, and then it's then got something. Because there's only one time we hear about the pendant being locked, and really early on in the game, Darte says he says, "Oh, I'm going to smash it open, only kidding," or something like that. So that's the only time we've we've had reference to the fact it's locked. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I definitely know that. Yeah, definitely. Sort of was aware that it was locked. Um, and what about Haruka? What do we think has the like? She's obviously the key somehow. You know the the kind of inverted commas key because she's so valuable. I wonder what her kind of role is in all this. Yeah, I I don't, I, I still think Haruka's going to be like Yumi in disguise or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be weird. <laughs> Yumi's decided to disguise herself as an eight-year-old. <laughs> I would not yeah. be surprised by this. Yeah, game. I was going to say, put, put nothing past this game. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Mads' only theory is that Yui's going to get a kit off. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm properly invested in the plot, though. I, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm I really looking forward to seeing how, how it It's really cool that you say that here we are, three quarters of the way through the game, and um, we don't know and but are, are very are no. still very interested in the plot so sometimes by this point you've kind of had enough you just want to yeah. see it through don't you but we want to see it through for the reason that you're very very still invested in it and are still none the wiser so hopefully they tie it all together and it's not uh we've had a couple of sort of false horizon or um false summit summit we were some of the games we've played where you think it's all going to come together and ultimately it didn't you've been left a bit yeah. deflated but I, I i've got high hopes for this one i think it will be a yeah, i reckon i definitely think it's going to end on a cliffhanger though because yakuza 2 came out tw- only 12 months after yakuza okay. and it's basically the same engine and everything else so yeah wouldn't surprise me if it was pretty unsatisfactory but i'm looking forward to seeing where it yeah. ends up yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't end for another another five games, does it? So, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. And anything else then before we uh, before we go off to finish chapters? Was it eleven, twelve, and thirteen? Yeah. Who said this was just going to be a short? I one? was just about to say that <laughs> it was looking like it's longer it than the last stage. episode. <laughs> I know it was looking like it at one stage. I thought we might come in oh. sub two hours, but mm. oh, there we go. No. The waffles are strong with this one. The waffles are strong with this one. Right. If, uh, well, that's, this is, this is, uh, we're going into the final, final part then. So yeah, the next episode will be chapters 11, 12 and 13. And then we'll look forward to Horizon. Yes. Yeah. 
Can't wait. Yeah. Can't in the meantime, you can join us on the Discord. You'll find links on the website, playthroughpod.com. You'll find links on there to Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Gents, we'll see you for episode four. Sayonara. Let's do it. Sayonara. Bye. Bye for now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.